You're listening to Coding Blocks, episode 129. Subscribe to us and leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and more using your favorite podcast app. And open up the internet and go to codingblocks.net where you can find show notes, examples, discussion, and a lot more. Wait, you should have said HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash www. Like you forgot that part, right? You needed that part. I do. Yeah, my bad. I'm still new. Yeah. And he's pronouncing things like Siri now. Go to codingblocks.com. And uh, yeah, follow us on Twitter at codingblocks or head to www.cottingblocks.net and find all our social links there at the top of the page. And with that, I'm Alan Underwood. I'm Jerzek. And I'm Michael Outlaw. <laughs> I mean, if we're mispronouncing things, come on. Right? Yeah. All right. And this episode is sponsored by Datadog, a cloud-scale monitoring and analytics platform that unifies metrics, traces, and logs so you can identify and resolve performance issues quickly. And the University of California, Irvine Division of Continuing Education, one of the top 50 nationally ranked universities, UCI offers over 80 certificates and specialized programs designed for working professionals. All right. And today uh, we're talking about uh, tips for remote working because we've uh, all, all three of us been working remotely for a long time and we're pretty, pretty good at it. So uh, first, some news. <laughs> we're pretty good at it. Like that, that that's way. to be seen but but yeah so as we like to do we like to thank those who have taken the time to write in and i think that just not as many people are probably um on the podcast right now because they're all at home taking care of kids and doing nine million other things in between um but they'll all tune in here pretty soon because they're gonna lose their mind so uh we got one from itunes and that's krausling so thank you very much for taking the time to write in we appreciate it all right, and uh, also we've got some uh, a link here in the show notes for some freebies from TechSmith, uh, which they've got, uh, I guess they're doing it for a couple months here, sounds like. Yep, I, I want to say that it went through June. I think we mentioned on the last show, but yeah, if if you're working at home and, and you need some tools to improve your work at home stuff, this is a good way to get a hold of some things that might help you out for the next few months for free. Snag it. Snag it. Yeah, snag it's one of my favorites. So yeah, check that out. Yeah, I just double checked and it is through the end of June. Cool. Yeah. So uh yeah, so as Joe alluded to, uh yeah, we're gonna be talking about some work from home tips. So basically what happened here is uh the three of us have been remote working for many years now. And you know, Joe's optimistic about it and saying that we're successful at it. Uh, you know, your mileage may vary. Um and, uh, but, but, you know, in light of all the recent events, like we've had questions, you know, we've been fielding questions both outside of work and for work, like, Hey, what are some tips to, uh, you know, improve, you, you know, work from work from home productivity. And so we thought, okay, well, maybe we'll share this with the rest, you know, with our listeners too, like some of these, uh, ideas. And so that is, uh, you know, we saw, we thought we'd take a break from, uh, designing data intensive applications for a moment and talk about work from home tips and basically how to not lose your mind doing it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And uh, I am, I'm, I plan on telling you the truth about working from home by the way. So, you know, mm. be ready. Okay. Preach. It should be interesting. Yeah. And, and also just, just a heads up, like this is a, this show is kind of based on a conglomeration of, 
of information that we got from multiple people that have worked on our team over the years, right? So uh, these are both things that we've come up with as well as our peers mm-hmm. and and what's helped us survive, what, five plus years now doing this. So, yeah. All right. So uh, who wants to start us off here? You- I, I, I'll do this one okay, because this, this was one that I tagged on before we put these together is the, probably the most important thing is you need to have a solid internet connection, right? Um, if, if you're working at home and you have to network and interface with people, you need something fast, like don't skimp on it, you know, spend the extra money if it's available in some places you can't get really fast, but you know, get as fast as reasonable, right? Like I'd say, I mean, I don't know what you guys' thoughts are, but I'd say 50 megabyte megabytes or megabits, megabits per second or or faster is what you want, right? Like if, if you're getting I, 50 I, megabytes per second, we need to talk. I want your connection. You're right, megabits per second. Yeah, everybody measures things differently. But yeah, so 50 megabit per second or faster, right? If you want to be able to do video networking without hiccups and all that kind of stuff. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? I mean, obviously I get the fastest I possibly can within reason, but well, I don't know. I don't really care that much. I think there's, I think there's a difference though, because like, um, the speed of the connection. Okay, fine, yeah, sure. Depending on what you're doing, but I think now with the work from home, uh, you know, tools that we're going to be using now, and we're going to get to some of these, but you know, I think the latency matters even more. So yeah, so if yeah. you only had a 25 megabit connection, okay, fine, you know. But if it's got a ping time of three milliseconds, hooray. it's amazing. You know, <laughs> right. you know what I'm saying? Like that, that's, right. that's going to matter a lot more. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Cause if you were to, uh, and I don't even know that it's rewinding in some places, the only thing you get is like a satellite internet. That's not going to work for video conferencing, right? Yeah. Like your, your lag time is going to be 15 seconds behind what people say and all that. So yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So, so basically the idea there is if we were to, uh, make a comparison, like you're looking for quality, not quantity. And so in that case, the quality would be the, the ping time or, you know, you might even like really get into the jitter or, but you know, the, the megabits per second would be the the quantity. Yep. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, since we are talking about, um, video conferencing, since that, that was, you know, as it relates to the conversation of latency, Definitely turn your camera on when you are on any kind of uh, video conferencing call. I, I can't, it's such a pet peeve of mine when I jump into a call and any one person doesn't have their camera on because then my immediate assumption is you're not paying attention, are you? Oh, really? You don't think I that? Never would have, I, I never got that out of it. I just thought they didn't want to do their hair or whatever. Maher. <laughs> Maher. I. It's funny that you take it that way. Like I, that's never been my thing. My thing is just like a real conversation in person. You look at people to find uh-huh. the visual cues. Yes. Right. And, and just, you know, how the sausage is made here. Like when we record our podcast, we're on Zoom, right? Because I can tell if Joe Zach wants to say something because he'll have a look on his face, right? Or if outlaws get ready to say something, he has a look on his face. And, and those visual cues are so important for communication, right? And, and just 
there's also the human factor. I mean, I think Outlaw, you, me, Joe Zach, we've all talked about this stuff privately in the past, but the the one thing that, that stinks about working from home or one of the things that stinks about working from home is you feel isolated, right? Like you're you're almost just by yourself all the time. And and seeing that face on the other side of the line is is almost like being in the room. I agree with everything you said, but I still stand by my point that if if you don't have your camera on, I assume that the reason why you don't want to have your camera on is because you don't want to see you don't want me to see that you're not paying attention. Like you're still doing something else, or you know, and I don't mean to say like you know you're like not even sitting at your desk, you know, like, you know, it's just, uh, you you know, you connected to the phone call and then walked away. I'm not, I'm not going that extreme. I'm just saying like, you know, you're actively engaged in whatever, some other task and you just don't want anyone to see that you're not paying attention to the conversation because you can tell when people aren't paying attention. Like, Oh, absolutely. You'll know when somebody's like working on something else. Oh Yeah. I mean, I assume you could see like the, you know, the dark light, dark light, like flashing across my face whenever I'm like all tabbing around like a madman. But sometimes I'm not paying attention. And sometimes I really am. And I'm like going between notes. I'm taking over here and I'm looking for my email for that thing that somebody else said or I'm Googling at something that somebody said. Uh, but sometimes I'm uh, playing Minesweeper. I, I mean, no, that's, not, that's not true. I, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm perfect, by the way. Like there are times where, you know, uh, I might zone out if a conversation goes in a particular, you know, direction where it's like, okay, well, I don't have a lot to contribute that to that area. So I might like go back to whatever code I was working on or, you know, reading some random story or whatever, you know, but I still keep my camera on. And there have been times where like friends have called me out and they're like, yeah, yeah I can see you're on your iPad. And I'm like, eh, yeah, that's legit. Yep. <laughs> but it, it, I, I would agree that this is one of the most important things. The next one to me is actually the one that I probably have the biggest pet peeve about. And that is, if you're going to be on calls with people, get a good headset or a set of headphones with a good microphone. Man, get a good microphone. I don't care what it's going to cost you. You can get them between $20 and $500. I don't care, but get something. So, yeah, I mean, the real takeaway there is don't rely on the built-in microphone and speaker in your laptop, for example, and assume that that's going to be good enough. Because while you might think it's working for you, it, it rarely is it working for those on the call. Like, I can think of one person who has, like, probably a 98% success rate <laughs> with his his setup where he always uses the the microphone and speakers on the computer, but he's definitely that that's definitely the exception in my case. And to your point about the, the headset, like the one headset that I have seen everyone use that has been rock solid every time without, without a glitch. Does anyone care to guess? I know exactly. Yeah. You're going to say the AirPods or not the AirPods, the Apple earbuds, the, the earbuds, the Apple, the wired earbuds, ones. the wired Apple earbuds, Every time anyone uses those, I don't know, I guess they just got it right. Because while they might not be the most comfortable things to wear, the the sound quality is always, you know, good from like when you're listening to somebody speak on those on a on a conference call, it's always, you know, at a consistent level of quality. And I mean, even having used them, the the sound quality that I'm listening to isn't that bad. So, um 
and we'll have a link in the show notes for that because two things I want to point out here that, that at least are key for me. One, they have to be wired. I don't care how much money you spent on your wireless headphones. They basically all suck when it comes to the microphone. Um, it, you could ask Outlaw, you could ask anybody, the AirPods, right? They're anywhere from 150 to 250 bucks. He's even got the Beats Pro. Um, the, the, what, what are they called? The Power Beats Pro. The Power Beats Pro. The microphones on them and the, the Bluetooth connection to the thing, you just never get good audio quality out of it. So everybody else who's listening to you suffers. Get wired headsets. Um, yeah. So, We'll have a link to the Apple ones that he's talking about. I think you can get those for 30 bucks. They're $20 uh, on Amazon. I hate the way they fit. I don't like them personally, but I completely concur that I've never had an issue when somebody's speaking through those things on another end of a call. I'm always perfectly fine with them, right? They sound good. Um, there are two other sets that I'd like to call out. The one that I wear basically all day, every day are the Sony MDR. XB50APs. These are in-ears. And the reason I like these so much is, one, the sound quality is excellent. The microphone on it is also very good. But they're so comfortable. Like, I can keep these in my ears all day long, which I have been of late. <laughs> and and they never are fatiguing. Like, some in-ears, they'll, they'll kind of wear on you. And I just can't, I can't tolerate it. The... The tips that came with these are so comfortable that they're all day wears and they're fine. It's a one button though. I can't do the one button. I need three buttons. I that's that was the one thing that was frustrating when I was out, when I was looking for a headset for doing this kind of stuff. I was actually looking for the volume up, volume down, and the and the middle clicker one. Sony doesn't make it, and it's a shame because these particular headphones have a ton of great reviews on them because they are excellent. But the one button does kind of stink. Yeah. And then the other set I'll bring up for those that actually want something that they don't like in ears or whatever. There's the Steel Series Arctic Sevens. Now, so the Sony's that I just mentioned on Amazon right now are about twenty six bucks. They're not bank breakers, right? The Steel Series. So a buddy of ours, Nick. This is what he wore all the time. And I can tell you right now, the microphone in that thing is absolutely solid. I've actually worn these and listened to them. The sound quality of them is just excellent. So they're wireless though. Say what? They're wireless though. So they're wireless or wired. So you could actually use them wireless. It has a USB dongle for doing the 2.4 gigahertz wireless, or you can wire it and use a 3.5 millimeter adapter, just like most regular sets of headphones. So these right here, I can highly recommend because they're comfortable. They sound fantastic. And the microphone on them is great. Now you're going to reach a little bit deeper into your pocket for these, but you can use them for gaming and other stuff. So these right now on Amazon are 125 bucks, but again, they're wireless or wired. And they're great all around things. But the key here is use a good set, a, a good headset that has a decent quality microphone. And one other thing I want to say on this topic, because this is the one that I am the most uh, irritable about when somebody joins with bad audio. I mean, not the guy that has the headphone review site. He would have an opinion <laughs> about this. That doesn't even add up. It's this funny. is the number one, by the way. This is my number one. But, oh, it's but yours whatever. also. Yeah, whatever you're going to say next, if it's what I think it is, like, this is my number one absolute, just do this. 
So I'm curious. You only do one thing about working from home. Oh, oh no, 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 no. This is so mine. It's going to be your next one. Okay. Um, yeah. Mine is also don't assume because a headset is made for <clears throat> headset communication that it's good. And I have two examples of products that you should not buy to use as these and they're the Sennheiser SE-130s or the Sennheiser SE-160s. The only difference is the 130 has one ear pad. The, the 160 has two. It comes with a USB plug and whatever they do in their little USB adapter cancels out half of what people say. So it's phasing in and out constantly. So again, you know, we gave a few recommendations here. Just know that they're not all made equal, right? And, and, and I'll leave it at that. So that's my pet peeve. So Joe's out. Here's yours. You go ahead. Just mute when you're not talking. This is like, this is my number one. This should be like the first bullet. And, you know, maybe even we could, I could live without you getting a headphone. I can live with a laptop mic. I could not live with, you know, hearing your breathing, <laughs> Like clicking on the keyboard, what are you talking about, making Joe? a peanut butter jelly sandwich. <laughs> yeah, none of that stuff. When you're not talking, please mute. Especially as the number of people on the call go up, please mute. If it's just you and one other person, just go ahead and just mute. I love it when you have like the time. Background early, conversation. Often. When you hear what like background, I love it when you hear like a background conversation going on. You're like, yeah. I don't think you meant for us to hear that. Yeah, that's the worst thing is sometimes you forget to mute. But see, see, I got to say, though, I'm not okay with the laptop sound. Do not do not use the laptop microphone. So scratch what Joe just said. I do agree with the mute, but do not fall back and just use whatever's built into your laptop because chances are it's really terrible. I'm telling you, okay, man. Okay, how about we each get one pet peeve? <laughs> one pet peeve. I don't know that we're going to be able to limit it to that. These still <laughs> so, ones look pretty – pretty good though man like i'm kind of tempted to pick up a pair of these because they look pretty impressive but i swear i'm just Which not seeing the the still headphone still series arctic 7 artist yeah, 7 they look pretty awesome because i love an over-the-ear headphone it's so much more comfortable to me than an on-ear like those those uh how do you pronounce it this sennheiser sennheisers those are those are on-ear headphones I can't stand an on-ear headphone. It's like the worst design ever, in my opinion, because it's just like squeezing it. Like, I yeah, I can't. Yeah, I'm yeah. not a fan. No, the Arctic Sevens are seriously good. Like, seriously good. Sound quality wise, uh, functionality wise, they are really good. I mean, these things have a almost seventy six hundred reviews, and it's got a four point three rating on Amazon. Yeah, they like, paid a lot for those reviews. That tells you <laughs> quite a bit about the reputation. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, fine. All right. All right so wait, what, uh, what's Outlaw? What's your number one pet peeve? Uh, the pet peeve? Camera. Yep. Turn the camera. camera on. Mine's, mine's good audio. It might just mute specifically and mute. Okay. So, yeah, we, we've already hit our top three pet peeves in the first three things we had. That's good. <laughs> uh, maybe we can do the things we like the most later. Yeah, it's probably so, a camera, <laughs> a good microphone, yeah. <laughs> and uh, when you mute, yeah, I'm so, just guessing. So the, though. The, I'm just I, that's my guess. The next one that's interesting that we have actually had a lot of experience with that is hyper frustrating is not all video conferencing apps are good at everything. There's one good one, and everything else is crap. 
That's what it feels like. And so I, I zoom. If you're listening and you would like to be a sponsor of coding blocks, uh, reach out to us. You can hit us up at info at codingblocks.net. And we would love to have you on as a sponsor. Cause let me tell you all other video conferencing options are just junk. I don't, we've tried them. Skype is awful. Teams, uh, hangouts, uh, WebEx. Uh, uh, I'm trying to even think of another one. Like we join tried join dot me for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Go to meeting, join, join me, uh, s- calls in Slack. I mean, we love Slack, but it's no zoom. Right. So it, here's the thing, right? What it really boils down to is if you just want to have a face to face with somebody and talk about something, hangouts is fine. Most of them are fine for that, right? Most of them will get the job done usually. Uh, Zoom is the only one that we've consistently had success with for screen sharing. And what I mean is go screen share something with somebody on Hangouts and see how long it takes them to say, it's all blurry, I can't see it. Well, or better yet, try to pair program remotely with anybody on anything other than Zoom. Right. And it is just an awful developer experience. Right. Yeah. You, you'll yeah. like, like Alan said, you're going to find it where it's like, hack, I can't read it. It's blurry or, you know, or maybe it's so delayed in the refresh that they're like showing they're, they're like three screens later and you're like still seeing something you're like, no, 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 you haven't changed screen yet. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just, and that's, I, I know that somebody's going to mention, uh, you know, well, you know that there's like live code options in visual studio, visual studio code. Like, okay, I get that. But you know, sometimes you just want to like spin up a, a screen share session and, and those other sessions that you, you mentioned, like, sure, they're fine for like small number of people. Like if it's just one or two people, you know, that you're, that you're going to be calling then fine. But I kind of have a problem with even in those scenarios, because inevitably I'm going to want to screen share something, or I'm going to want to see some kind of screen because that's where the conversation is going. So like, I don't even like to default to like a hangouts, for example, because it's just like, right. it's, it's eventually we're going to get to the point where we're going to have to switch. So why not just go ahead and start from the other one to begin with? Yep. Joe, you have any strong thoughts on this one? Oh, no. Zoom is the best. And uh, I mean, like we've got like 4K displays and everything. And it, it just Zoom is just so wonderful. It I miss is. you, Zoom. If you're out there, if you can hear me, Zoom. Yeah. So, I mean, we pay for it for coding blocks because this is how we communicate. This is how we do our podcast. We talk to each other face to face like this. If we want to screen share, we can. It, it, if you're stuck with other tools, though, just be aware they're not all made the same, right? They're not all made equal. And, and if you have multiple video options at your company, like maybe you have Slack and Hangouts and, and, and Skype, you have to pick the right one for what you're doing, right? Skype was always excellent in terms of the quality. But there was always a problem with lag, like what Outlaw said, like that, you know, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm over here. Wait, wait, give me five seconds so the, the screen will catch up, right? Like there was that issue. So Skype was always excellent from an audio and video quality, but there was just the, I guess it was trying to push too much data. And then you had other things like Hangouts where it dithers the, the video so much that you can't even read something on screen. So, and in the you process, know, it cooks your processor. Oh, it does. Yeah. And so, I mean, and that's another thing like zoom is pretty, 
easy on the on the CPU, which is really nice when when you have a screen share or a call with more than one or two people. Yeah, I should also take this opportunity to say, Zoom, if you are listening, and I know you're in the middle of crafting an email to info at codingblocks.net because you want to sponsor, <laughs> and and we appreciate that. But I should also use this as a as a PSA. Don't change anything because whatever you're doing, you got it 100% right. Like, don't change, don't change anything. Don't touch yep. anything. Yeah, you're done. Yeah, you got like it right in, the first breaking time. Breaking my money. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It, oh, and another thing, we don't even have it in the show notes here, but if you don't already have a decent webcam, there's tons of options out there. I do want to mention because it comes up several times in the Slack over, over time. People will be like, Hey, I know somebody mentioned a webcam. What's, what's a good one? We use the C930E Logitechs for the show. And the reason is, is it offloads the video encoding and all that stuff to the camera. So it's not eating up your CPU cycles contending with the other stuff that you're doing. And believe it or not, it actually makes a big difference. Now, it's not the perfect camera ever. Like we have to do some things like you download a settings app for it and turn off autofocus. Otherwise, it's constantly trying to refocus on your face. So it's not perfect, but you just tweak a few little things and it works great. So, you know, little side note. Yeah, sadly, I don't know that that camera is available for sale anymore. I just put a link to it uh, in our our show notes there. But um, we've actually referenced this camera before in, I don't remember if it was like uh, the developer shopping spree or something, but it's definitely come up before. But I I just put another link in there and I'm looking at it on the Amazon and it's like, um, here's your buying options. Go look at these other sellers because Amazon isn't selling it. Yep. Which is sad because if it was available for sale... I would be tempted to buy more. <laughs> uh, all right. So who's got the next one here? Not it. Not, Not it. it. I'll take it. What was all right, the next take one? It. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Disagree. What? Disagree. Disagree. Okay. <laughs> right, I got ahead of you. I meant to wait until you were talking to interrupt you. Okay. Yeah. No. No, it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it, we're on Hangouts right now. So you probably – can you hear me now? Oh, that's another – wait, hold on. That's another complaint, too, about like a WebEx, for example, that totally annoys the uh, – I, I just – it seems like you spend the first 10 minutes of every call trying to like, hey, wait, why can't you hear me now? Can everybody hear me now? And then I'm well, actually I can hear breaking you. out in a sweat right now thinking about this because that happened this morning. I can't hear you, but you're saying you can hear me? What do, what do I, I don't – well, what do you need to do? Or like, yeah, it – Every call starts that way. Call you all. Yeah. Right. And, and the, yeah, that's the worst. And the, for whatever reasons, it seems like every time I do get on a WebEx call, it never remembers the settings that I use for the microphone or the camera. It's like every time it's like, I just decided to revert to some default. And, you know, I know you haven't changed anything in the last five minutes, but, uh, you know, why not? Hey, um, and if you want to actually see a Mac crash, yeah. <laughs> go ahead and run WebEx. <laughs> it will happen. Uh, sorry, WebEx, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. seriously. All right. So, uh, yeah, communicate when you're going to be away during normal hours. So if during normal business hours there's some reason why you aren't planning to be at your desk, don't let your team just guess they're not mind readers and because they can't see you, they're going to assume you're there. And so if they 
ping you on whatever your instant messaging platform is, or you know, they're, they're going to expect some kind of a feedback loop that's you know relatively short if they think that you're there. So if you can't be there, then you need to communicate that with your team. Like, hey, I'm going to be uh, away for a little bit. I got to go run an errand, or I got to, uh, you know, you know, assuming you're able to to get out of the house, you know, I, I got to run do an errand or whatever, right? Let that let that be a known thing, right? Um, you know, I mean, we in our in our group, you know, we'll just send like AFK messages, you know, hey, uh, AFK for the next thirty minutes, you know, and and then that's good enough, right? Josiah shaking his head. Yeah, he he doesn't he doesn't like this. No, are you ready? Your okay. thoughts, please. Ready? Yeah, I I hate this. I really hate this because you know people have all sorts of stuff to do throughout the time, like throughout the day. Sometimes you get coffee. Sometimes you know, like downstairs, I get a refill. Uh, sometimes the doorbell rings, whatever. Um, my gripe is that I don't think that anyone needs to be available 24 seven every time they get a message. And so to me, it's not so much about letting me know that you're going to pick up your kid because school got out early or something. Cause you know, really, I just don't care. Like I trust that, you know, you're going to get back to me or whatever. If you're going to be gone for hours, sure, put on the calendar, but for little stuff, like if you run out to Starbucks, I don't need to know that, you know, it, to me, it's just noise. But what I hate is the expectation that someone can ping you on Slack and say hello and you're a jerk if you don't answer within 10 minutes. There's all sorts of times I shut that stuff off because people will, you know, you'll be in two hours of meetings back to back. I don't want this thing blinking at me. So I'll shut down the chat window or shut down Slack and then come back to it because it's asynchronous communication, which means I'll get back to it when it's convenient for me. You know, (laughs) if it's an emergency, by all means, call my phone or something. But like I, I just I really hate that idea. And some people get really irritated when you don't respond to them. But to me, it drives me nuts that people think they, they can just kind of ping out of nowhere, and you're supposed to drop whatever you're doing and pay attention to them, you know, during a meeting or whatever. So I, I you know, I just don't like that idea. I think that we should uh, be a little bit more autonomous and responsible with stuff like that, and just do you. Okay, but hold on. There's a difference here, though, because if you're going to leave your status in like your instant message is as available and then you're really not available because you're either not there or you're not paying attention to it or whatever. Like that, that's where the frustration comes in. So the ask is, Hey, if you're going to like shut it down then just say like, Hey, I'm busy. And could you can change the status and then, and then do it or like, Hey, I'm snoozing notifications. And then like people will know, like, hey, he's not he's not going to get this for a while, right? And they, they'll know that your head's down on something, right? Or, you know, like in the case of a way that you're just not there, right? And so that's right. what I'm saying. Like, you know, as, as a that's one way of communicating your your away. Okay, so I'm I'm a total f- uh, fence sitter on this one, but I do want everybody to mark down. This is the first time I think on the show that Jay Z's ever been this passionate about a particular stance he's <laughs> taking on something. So just go ahead and mark this down. Episode one twenty nine. It's asynchronous communication. <laughs> See what I mean? So here's the thing: like I am totally with Joe in that if I decide to run out to Starbucks, I'm not telling anybody. Don't care. You know, I, to me, I don't want to introduce that noise. The only times that I ever do something like that is if I forget that, you know, I had a doctor's appointment, I'm going to be away from my keyboard for two hours, right? Yes. Or, or if something came up and my wife's like, Hey, I really need you to go do this because, you know, X or whatever, right? And it's totally unexpected. Fine. If it's during lunch hours, I don't care, right? Like I'm not going to tell anybody one way or the other, you know, figure it out. People are eating. So I, um, it's a courtesy thing 
if you're going to be away for an unexpected amount of time that is during the typical working hours, right? Like I'm not talking around lunch. I'm not talking about any of that kind of stuff, but I do tend to agree. If I'm just going to disappear for 15 minutes, like I need to go stretch my legs, walk around, go get the mail, do something like nobody's going to know about that. Yeah. And if they do instant message me, then I'll get back to them when I get back. Right. Like it's not a big deal. The thing is though, I think with this, it's more about patterns. So this gets into the very next bullet point that we have here, which is make sure that your, your communication, your chat app or whatever does have the proper status on it. Like what outlaw was saying, if you're available or whatever, don't be that person that always shows online, but never responds to anything. Yeah. Right. And don't get me wrong. We all understand that we're busy. We all understand that we have things going on. Like, like Joe said, you know, maybe you're on calls back to back to back, which can happen. That's fine. But don't be that person that never responds to stuff and never lets anybody know that you're going to be away for some reason. Right. Like as long as it's not a pattern, I don't think anybody, anybody will ever care about it. Right. It's only if you create this pattern of you can't be gotten in touch with that it really becomes a problem. The only here's the rub though. And like, I mean, so you say like, Hey, if it's during lunch hours, like, you know, and I'm not there just to, you know, like everyone should just assume, Hey, he's probably not at his desk right now. Cause he's eating. It's lunchtime. Right. But it's also like a question of, well, what's lunchtime for you? I right? think he's during lunch. Cause yeah, every right. day for years. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so lunchtime for me is typically somewhere in the range. Like I don't, I don't leave my desk for lunch until sometime between, you know, one at the earliest and sometimes not until two 30. Right. I mean, that, that's pretty much the norm of when I leave my desk to go to lunch, but I don't during that time, I don't send an email or anything saying like, Hey, I'm gone for lunch. Like, you know, that's the habit. That's the pattern that you're referring to, Alan. Like, Oh, well, you know, it's not uncommon that Alan or that Michael disappears during this particular period of time. Right. But you know, where I was going with that of those, if there's something unexpected, like, Oh, I have, you know, you made the doctor's appointment. Uh, example or, Oh, I need to go drop my car off at the shop for an oil change or something like that. You know, like, uh, you know that you're going to be gone for, you know, not 15 minutes, but like if it's, you know, going to be 30 minutes to an hour, then I kind of feel like if it's during, during, during normal hours and it's not part of your normal routine of being away from your desk during that time, then that's when you should communicate, let everybody else know like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm getting a late start this morning because of X, Y, Z, or I got to, I'm going to be out a little bit in the afternoon, uh, because of X, Y, Z. Right. But what's the threshold? Like 30 minutes. I don't care about 30 minutes. Right. Like if somebody I think gets it's, back I to think me it's 30 minutes beyond 30 minutes is where, where I think it is. Yeah. When you start hitting close to an hour for me, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine with someone putting it on the calendar like doctor's appointment 9:30 to 11:30 and you know that's it. I don't need to see an email. Like if you know if I go to message somebody and they're not there, you know, every once in a while like I just assume that people are doing a late lunch or they're doing something flexible because they, you know, they had to work through lunch or they had a meeting or they had something else or you know some some errand they needed to run. So I I don't know. I just doesn't bother me at all when people aren't around like I see it all the time when people aren't around for whatever reason. And sometimes it, you know it just could be like the the window's shut. I don't know what my status shows if the 
the windows shut, but I'm, I'm sure there's been times that I've got the thing pinned and it shows messages. Like, you know, I flip back over, there's like five different messages, you know, blinking from different people. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't even want to go respond to everyone and say like, I'm on a call. I feel like, you yeah. know, if it's an emergency, you're going to have to call or find some other way to do it. And if it's not an emergency, well, you know, I'm sorry, I'm busy right now. And so we're going to have to send an email or schedule a time. I'd rather do that anyway. But, the, you know, that's kind of an artifact of how we're working right now. We're, we, you know, we've got a lot of meetings and stuff. So like a, I spend a lot, a lot, a lot of time uh, on kind of ad hoc calls. And so, you know, I, I don't know. I kind of, um, I have mixed feelings about kind of chat in general because I do feel like whenever you kind of ping somebody and just kind of start unloading whether whatever problem you're thinking about right now, you're kind of like telling them like, hey, I want you to drop whatever you're doing right now because I want you to deal with me. And I think that's kind of a rude thing to do anyway. And don't get me wrong. I do it. You know, like when I'm hot about something like, you know, I go after it. Uh, but I do recognize that's annoying and, you know, I, and I need to be okay with people saying like, I'm doing something else right now. I'll throw some time on the calendar tomorrow. Because if you don't do that, then you just end up running from fire to fire and never actually getting anything done. So there was that's, a, that's my piece. There was a great article that I want to say it was Mike RG that shared it from in the Slack group. And I don't know that now I can find it because I read it a while back that he, from when he shared it originally, but it was basically talking about this same kind of thing. Like, as it relates to asynchronous communication and, you know, just because you send somebody an instant message and whatever your application of choice that your, you know, group uses, you shouldn't assume that you're going to get back something, you know, immediately. And so depending on what the technology is that you're going to use to communicate that message, then that communicates how urgent it is. Right. And if it's like, on fire, I need an answer right now, then that's a phone call, right? right? Or, you know, assuming that you can't walk over to the person and, and see them in person, right? Um, which right now, none of us can. But, right. uh, you know, um, but yeah, so either in person or a phone call, but, you know, instant message is somewhere like, uh, you know, you assume that like, hey, if you got back to me within like the next 30 minutes or so, like, you know, that that's probably about right, you know? Uh, maybe a little bit longer if they're in a meeting, you know, you, you wouldn't be an unheard of for it to be an hour, but if it's an email, then it could go, it's not unheard of for it to go a day right? before you would get a response back. Right. I think, I think the real key here is be professional, right? Like that's, that's really what it boils down to. You know, the, the whole notion of letting people know you're not going to be there, that's probably only really important if you're being relied on for something super important that's a hot topic of the day or something like that, right? Just be professional. It's it's not that hard. And, you know, it's just, it's a common courtesy. And especially when you're used to working in an office, like what you said, Joe, right? Like, you know, the instant messaging some someone sort of like tries to bump you to the top of the queue. It's no different than when you're working in an office and you just, you know, turn your head to the side and like, hey, hey, Joe, uh, what do you think about this? Right. Like, I hate that, too. <laughs> that's how this podcast started. Oh, so, but what do you want? OK, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. So, you know, again, you'll have to find a groove. You'll have to find something you're comfortable with. But for the most part, you know, just just be professional and, and, and it should work out. Oh man, but let me tell you, if you send you, if you send me just like a, a hi or hey or whatever, got a minute, like for me, it's just like, oh, that, that tells me it's like, oh, this is some big hairy thorny thing. I'm going to like dump everything I've got in my brain now and like concentrate <laughs> on this conversation for the next 20 minutes. So it's like, that's definitely getting bumped to like, you know, the, like 
the the edges of what's socially acceptable to respond to. And I do think you're it's I think like if you send like a an instant message, then I've basically got an hour window. And if I'm near the end of that hour, then I gotta say I'm sorry when I respond. You know, like hey, sorry it took so long, I was doing something. But you know, if it's thirty minutes, like that's that's just okay, I think, in my in yeah. my book. Yeah. yeah, even an hour, depending on what's going on. Like again, there's there's no hard fast rule here, but you know, be be respectful. It, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that uh, you know I was uh, trying to find some funnies for uh, this one, and, and there's this whole uh, BuzzFeed had this whole set of articles or tweets that they have collected that were uh, you know to the humor of working from home, and I'll, I'll include some links to it. But cool. one of them. One of them that that struck a bell with me because I'm like, oh, that's so true. Is uh, uh, one of the tweets from Sarah says, "I guess we're about to find out which meetings could have been emails after all." Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true. That's so true. Yeah. So I mean, when you, when you think that that thing that you want to uh, pick up a phone and talk to somebody, or you want to instant message them, and they're like, "Well, why aren't they responding?" Like, ask yourself, like, really, like. Would an email be good enough? Like, could you just email that thought and, you know, let them respond when they have an opportunity to it? Does it like, you know, is it critical that you get that response right now? Like, I know, I know for me, it's a little bit of like OCD sometimes where like, I want, I want my immediate feedback loop, you know, even on pull requests. It's like, why haven't you approved my pull request? Did you look at my pull request? I mean, you must have reviewed it. You would. Why wouldn't you want to review it? You should you ask want me to. Twice, I'm just going to rubber stamp that thing. You should. Oh, now I know the trick. <laughs> yeah. you, you should want to review my pull request, right? I mean, so why haven't you wanted to do this yet? Why is mm-hmm. it not? So, yeah, I mean, I, but, but I do have to like, uh, you know, force myself to be like, no, it'll be fine. It, it, there's no, there's no reason why it can't wait until tomorrow, you know, before it got merged in. It's not that big a deal. Right. Right. It, oh, you know, it, it when kills it me a little to, uh, bit inside, but I do it. You know, when it comes to messaging too, like depending on where you ask uh, affects the quality of the response you get from me too. Like if you slack me and ask me a question, I don't know off the top of my head, I might say, you know, I'm not sure. That's a good question. I'm not sure. You know, but if you send me that an email, then to me that means, okay, you've got a little bit more time. Go find out and, you know, say, okay, well, I looked and this is what I found and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, to, you know, it just kind of mean that to me, like if you can ask a question easily, then you are kind of asking for a more casual response. Yeah. I like that. And that brings us into the next thing. If you can slack, we love it. However, are we using slack as in a proper noun or are we using slack as in a verb? Uh, using the Slack application okay, so that, so that you can be a Slacker. So we all love it, right? Like we have an amazing Slack community and, and truly, truly love the application. There are some downsides to it. Uh, one of them being that they have your messages and they keep it forever. And if you're using it in like a company type of environment, People have a tendency to just paste whatever they need to up there, right? Somebody says, hey, what's the password for the database? So you paste it in there. You're technically sending that outside of your network, right? So the, there are some there are some downsides to it. But for just general communication, man, I can't stress how much I enjoy Slack and being able to use Giphy, right? Like, <laughs> there's, like seriously, we're now in an environment where we can't use that. We don't have anything like Giphy. And it's just... Like there's a part of fun 
when you're working remote that you miss because you're not interacting with people yeah. all the time face to face. And Giphy kind of bridges that gap, right? Like having something funny pop up on the screen that all you had to say was Giphy, you know, uh, denied or something, right? And, and seeing some funny thing come up. So, or ship it or, or ship it, right? So, um, you know, if you can use a tool that makes communicating fun, it's worth exploring that and seeing if it's something that can work for you, at least in my opinion. If you've, you're installing Slack for work, you can go ahead and pop into that coding block Slack and then uh, just alt-tab whenever you need a, a minute of fun. Yep, you can totally do that. And, and we have a lot of awesome people like Micro G out there who are always doing things. Speaking of which, I did. Did you guys see the tweet that I put out today using the from coding blocks? It was the hot dog cooker. What? No. So Andrew Diamond is actually the one who <laughs> who had this and posted it in gear. It's amazing. So you, you have to watch it later. But but essentially, it's probably the worst idea ever. And it was so amazing to look at. I mean, I think it's a I have real one product. of these. I'm trying to pull it up now. It's a... Wait, you, where did you... You did it from... Oh, wait. Maybe I don't have one of these. That's awesome. This is the Turbo... The Turbo it's Master 5000. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. So at any rate, yes. I mean, Oh, what? Stop. Stop. <laughs> so any rate. All right. So I, we, we now have this next section we call digging deeper, but apparently we dug deep into these. So yeah, yeah we, we can fly we, through. Yeah. So we'll, we'll try and cruise on through these. You want to hit us off with number one here, Joe? Yeah. Uh, don't be afraid to spend time on calls just chatting about non-work related stuff. I think that's really good to do in the beginning. Just kind of take a minute and say like, anyone do anything fun or, Hey, how's, you know, how's the dog doing or, you know, the, the new whatever. Um, I, you know, I have a hard time saying why this is important, but it seems to just loosen everything up and make everything better. And you get to know people and everyone just feels more connected. Well, that's why. That's why I was about to say uh, like, that's yeah. the why is getting to know your team. And like, then there's a sense of camaraderie there and, and team building there. Hey, and, and a true story behind all this. So all three of us, you know, we work at the same company now, Broadcom, but when we first started, it was Bay Dynamics and we worked with people that we'd never met. Right. And, and we did this, you know, every time we got on a scrum, you know, or, or something, you know, there'd be a couple minutes of banter and then get in the first time we all met in person. It was like we knew each other for years, right? It was, it was like a bunch of friends getting together and hanging out. Like it, and it truly was, there was no, at least from my perspective, I don't know about you guys, it never felt uncomfortable or forced or weird or anything. Yeah, no, I mean, you already a had a good idea of what everybody's drinking tolerance was. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. So, yeah, I mean, cannot overstate this one at all. Like, this, this is something that there's a human factor to when you work with people and, and – you need to realize that, right? Like we're not all robots. You, you need to get a good laugh. You need to, you know, hey, how are you doing? You know, I heard you were sick. You know, how are you feeling? Whatever. You know, that stuff goes a long ways. Yeah, and, you know, work t- can, can get tense sometimes. Some meetings, disagreements, arguments. And so it's important to kind of remember that you like each other and, you know, kind of <laughs> like make sure to remember to kind of just take a minute to laugh uh, for with each other before you, uh, you know, go for the throat. <laughs> uh, so laugh, laugh, laugh. I kill you. Yeah, <laughs> All right, now here's my 14 point bulleted plan on destroying your plan. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. amazing. 
uh, be available and over communicate. Um, so, uh, I mean, I kind of like this. I uh, am bad about over communicating. I should, uh, I'm always happy when I do it. Whenever I've written something, or I'm able to reference something or, or pull up something that's written down and be able to say like, see, uh, you know, <laughs> here you go. That's so much better than, uh, you know, trying to explain or, you know, justify something after the fact. Um, I don't know. Like, what do you guys think that means to say be be available and over communicate? Well, I mean, we haven't we haven't really gotten into communicating status and like the importance of of that. So, you know, if you are running behind or running into trouble or lagging on something that you know you were expecting to be done, then it's important to communicate that sooner rather than later. Yeah, you know, and send up and- that flare. Especially if uh, sometimes you'll think something's really you know going to be easy or fine or whatever should be done tomorrow, and then what's not, it's tempting to kind of feel bad and try to make up for it and work late or whatever. And so it's like almost like there's this inclination to try and kind of cover it up, but uh, it just that just tends to lead to more misery. And a lot of times the reasons behind it, you know, the reasons why it ta- is taking longer are things that need to be communicated and talked about. And a lot of times you might find out that people might just say, "Oh, yeah, we knew that was going to happen, or we had a plan for that, or whatever." And so. The sooner you realize that you're going down a path, uh, a bad path, or you're not going to make that deadline, uh, the better. And, you know, uh, even if you maybe uh, have missed the first two chances you had to say it, uh, say it now. Uh, Go ahead and take the opportunity and say, you know, crap, I'm sorry. I should have said this yesterday, but, you know, here's the problem. Yeah. And, and I'd like to say that, you know, we use Jira. If you have some sort of ticketing system where there's a task you're working on or whatever, that is a great place to put that information, right? Yeah, that's the best. Because it bubbles because, up and no one has to come bugging you and asking you. Like They can just kind of take a look and glance and think about it and know what's going on and trust it. And people can be tagged on it, right? So instead of sending one-off emails that get bounced around and forgotten about and archived or whatever, in the future even – so it's great because I can I can put it on status like, hey, I was working on Presto and I, and I found this, right? And I can tag Jay-Z on it. And then, and then he'll get a notification that, hey, there's a new comment on this ticket, right? Which is beautiful because – and if he's already a watcher on the ticket, he'll get even more annoying emails when I don't tag him saying that this is there, right? But more importantly, it's the fact that you can come back in the future and look something up, Right. A lot of times you'll send out, uh, people will send out detailed emails that say, you know, I went through these steps and I found this kind of stuff. Emails get lost, right? Emails get archived. They, they disappear. Whereas if you go back into your ticketing system, you might be able to search for whatever it was that you were doing. And if you kept good notes in there of what was going on and over communicating the status, you can almost, it's almost like reading a, a chronology of what exactly was happening, right? So, it's it's a really good practice to get into the communicating well in terms of what you've got going on, the challenges you ran into, because chances are it's going to come back in the future at some point. Yeah, the worst thing you can do is just like go down a dark hole and not tell anybody and not ask for help. And so, uh, yeah, you know, that should that needs to be avoided at all costs. Hey, and and to and to Joe's point a second ago about going down a particular path of trying to cover it up and working more and all that kind of stuff. The problem is if you are new at remote working, it's so easy to continue working on into the night, right? Like it's really easy when you feel like you're backed up on something and it's because I don't know, you feel like you weren't making the progress you needed to or whatever, you know, 
when you started at eight in the morning and six o'clock rolled around, you're like, well, I didn't get done what I needed to get done. I'm just going to eat real quick. I'm going to jump back on the computer and you'll be there till 11 o'clock at night. I know all three of us have done that. And the problem is if you set that as a precedent, you're going to find yourself miserable before long, right? So be realistic, communicate statuses and, and make sure that you do set your cutoff times to be like, look, you know, I put in 10 hours today. I need to take a break. I'll come back to it tomorrow. Yeah, that's a good point too. Um, one, I always think it's really important to kind of use that flexibility. Like there's times when, uh, we definitely, you can't work long hours because there's a, a big demo the next day or something really needs to happen or you're blocking somebody else. And so you like kind of, you know, rearrange your schedule, you work late, uh, and you know, get it done. Yay. Hooray. I have zero problem with people, uh, you know, making breakfast the next day and taking a, you know, taking a little bit of a, of a slow start and kind of making that up at some point or, you know, whatever. Like, I think it's important that you kind of communicate that stuff. And especially if it's a big demo or something, you don't want to just be gone at 10 a.m. and everyone's like trying to find out what you did or what, if there's a problem or whatever. So you, you want to be careful with that stuff, but, um, don't be afraid to use that flexibility to your advantage because the business certainly will use it to their advantage, right? Totally. Yeah. I mean, the, the, any business is going to let you work as hard as you want to work. And, you know, I mean, in, in our career, you typically, I mean, unless you're contractors, you're, you're not getting paid overtime, you know, you're not getting paid hourly. And, you know, even my experience has been even in a lot of contract positions, you're, you're doing it at a flat rate, not at a not at an hourly rate. So there's really not a lot of advantage, but there is a more advantage to you to take a break, to step away from it, clear your mind, and then come back to it fresh. Yep. So, yep, it's it's key. You have to know where to draw the line. If you if you're just new at this remote working thing, you have to set your own personal boundaries. You know, you got to be flexible, right? Like, like Joe said, if there's a big demo, come on, don't be an idiot and don't be a jerk. You know, you're going to do what you got to do. But on the flip side, you are working at home. You should be able to take some of those additional things. Cause let's be honest, when you work in an office, you waste a lot of time. People stopping with side conversations in the hall, whatever it is, right? Like you waste a ton of time in an office. You are probably more productive at home than you are in an office. And you shouldn't be punished when you're doing that kind of stuff, right? So as as a worker, you know, work, if you're a manager, a boss, somebody that's in a leadership role, understand that people are probably working harder for you because you work harder to prove yourself when you're not in somebody's face all the time. So, you know, you have to be flexible on both ends of it. Now, along the lines of this uh you know, communication over communicating strategy, though, we haven't talked about keeping your calendar up to date. So in the case of the doctor appointments and whatnot that we mentioned earlier, like, yeah, if you if you did remember if it, if or, you know, it wasn't a, an unexpected appointment. Yeah, sure. You know, add add those to your calendar uh, ahead of time. Uh, you know, obviously, the examples that we gave b- before were like when, you know, y- you didn't plan for it or something like that. But um, anything that you can do to keep your calendar up to date so that people will know what your availability is. And then that way, you know, there are certainly times where somebody will has, will ping me about something and I'm like, well, Hey, you know, I don't have time to talk about it right now, but how about you schedule some time, like m- block out some time on our calendars. And, you know, that way I can, I can be 
fully focused to, you know, devote myself to whatever that topic is that you wanted to talk about. Right. And use the tools available for it. Right. So if, if like, for instance, I wanted to set up a meeting with, with outlaw and Joe, I should look at their availability on their calendar because I should assume that their calendars are up to date. And so I should pick a time that will work for all three of us. Right. Use the tools. If you're using Outlook, it has fantastic scheduling capabilities in there. It'll show you if things conflict and all that kind of thing. Same thing with G Suite or Google Suite or any other set of tools, right? Learn your tools and use them to your benefit and everybody else's benefit. And I'm big on um, scheduling meetings for like even one-on-one type stuff. Be like, hey, I'd love to pick your brain and get like a a picture of how something works. Like, how does a build pipeline work? Like, can I throw 30 minutes on your calendar just for you to walk me through? Like, I I think that's totally awesome. I think that uh, we should do that sort of stuff more often. So a lot of times, um, you know, I talk about, uh, I complain about being on calls all the time. A lot of them are just like ad hoc kind of remoting sessions. And even though I complain about them, I'm really glad for them and I gladly accept them because it's doing that sort of thing that kind of helps uh, make the whole, you know, the whole team better. And so, uh, it's not necessarily big, you know, six, seven, eight, ten people meetings that are going on all the time. Yep. And there's one other thing here that we've kind of learned over time when working remote. And this, this is only something that you figure out as time goes on is if something's urgent in an email, you need to call it out. Put it, put the word urgent in the subject, right? It's not enough to just market at high priority like everybody used to do in the past and hit that exclamation mark for they sent the thing. But the problem is if you send an email that says, hey, there's an issue here, chances are most people who work remote are going to jump on that and be like, oh, this must be a really high priority because why else would he have sent the email out right now? Right? So the problem with that is if you send out five emails a day and everybody just jumps ship of what they were doing and jumps on that, you're losing a ton of productivity, right? And you're probably duplicating efforts a lot. So make sure if it's important, send it out, state that it's urgent. And then before, if you're one of the recipients of the email, before you start working on it, say, reply to the email and say, I've got this, right? And then that way, Everybody else knows, okay, I can wait. I don't need to do anything right now. You know, Outlaw's working on this thing, right? If he needs help, he needs somebody to jump in, he will let us know. It it does feel like a little bit of an oxymoron, though, because it's like, if you want something to be urgent, then I don't know that email is the best form of communication. Like, I mean, email to me doesn't, doesn't signify anything as urgent. Now, what I do, like, uh, if... Um, my kind of habit on, in this kind of regard is if I'm sending you an email that I need you to do some kind of action on, I will in all caps prefix the subject with action required and then, and then give whatever the normal, you know, uh, title subject of the email is going to be. But in that regard, I'm still not like, you know, Hey, I, I need you to do this within the next, you know. 30 minutes or an hour. Or totally like agree. If we're talking about like urgent, urgent, the sky is falling. That's a phone call. What I'm saying is if you send out something that's like, hey, there's a problem with X, Y, and Z, you need to at least let people know, hey, that's something that we want to get on the books that we need to do. But, you know, hey, don't stop everything right now, right? If it's a stop everything you do when you see this, then you prepend it with something like action required, urgent, something, right? But 
it's worth noting that you call it out. Otherwise, you can end up putting an entire team into um, chaos mode <laughs> when it's not deserved. That's true. And I think we could probably do a whole episode on uh, email etiquette and like how to get what you want out of emails. It might be really boring, but I would, I would like it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of times like, uh, and I'm sure a lot of people do this. Like I'll be at the grocery store or the drive through or something. I'll like, I'll like, you know, check my email briefly. And if I see something that's like long or, you know, like looks like it's going to get me twisted, then (laughs) I'll just mark it as unread and, you know, or not even look at it. But if I see that urgent or whatever, then that's a ticker to know like, uh Oh, you know, something needs to happen here. Yep. Uh, so be flexible is an, uh, another tip here. And we kind of touched on that already. So unless you guys have something else to add. This, the only thing I have to add here is from a management perspective, if you know that your team's remote, you have to also be flexible, right? Like you have to know that some people are going to be away at times or whatever. What you need to care about as a manager, as a leader, in a group that has remote workers is focus on the results, right? Like don't focus on whether or not somebody's at their keyboard between one and two o'clock PM focus on, did I get the delivery that I was looking for? Right. And that's really, I, uh, this isn't just for remote work. This should be basically everybody everywhere in business, right? Focus on results. You know, I've seen a lot of articles, especially researching with this show, like uh, about kind of work from home tips. I haven't really seen a list of things not to do. And I don't think I've ever heard of anyone trying to do this yet. But could you imagine if a, a work from home type place or someone, you know, during everything going on right now tried to say, okay, we're all working from home from nine till six. Lunch is from 1130 to 1230. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's it. If you need to be 15 minutes late, please email your manager for approval. That seems crazy to me. And so I've never been in that kind of environment. So I don't know what it's like, but I assume that there's some places that are just now dipping into working from home that are probably still trying to do that. And I'm sure their hearts are probably in the right place where they're probably thinking, well, it's best to have everyone around at the same time. Somebody needs help or whatever. And, you know, there's some, there's probably some benefit to that, but I am so much more in favor of, you know, leveraging flexibility and asynchronicity. And so if someone wants to work at 6 a.m. because they're, you know, they got to take it, get their kid ready in the morning, like, do it. If you want to work later because you're a night owl, you know, whatever. Like if you want to split your day up, I really don't care as long as you're, you know, available to kind of communicate during like core hours and we figure out how to make it work. But yep. I'm all about the flexibility. I agree 100%. God, could you imagine that'd be so weird? It's like, okay, it's nine o'clock. Everybody here. I, I know in the past, at least there've been, there's been tools for finding out if somebody's actually on the computer for X number of time a day and all that kind of like, it's like man, roll call. Yeah. Work <laughs> on results, man. If you get the results you want, then, then you're, you're ahead of the curve. Right. And typically that's done by good leadership. Um, and, and by good leadership, I mean, people that are encouraging people to do the work they need to do, but also, be able to have that flexibility. You, you'd be amazed by giving people a little bit of that flexibility, how much further they'll go to accomplish a task. Right. It, it's, it's a pretty big deal. But you know, with your comment though, it kind of like, Oh man, my OCD like kind of flare went off when you made that comment about like checking to see like how much time you're actually at the keyboard. Just cause you're not at the keyboard doesn't necessarily mean that you're not, you know, working. Like I know, that I have a group of friends with that I go uh, cycling with and almost every conversation that we have is work related conversation. We're brainstorming something or like hashing out some idea 
during the ride. So it's like, Hey, would you rather have a meeting at your desk or would you rather have that meeting on a bike? Right. Right. And for me, I'd rather have that meeting on a bike. And like some of those ideas are things that are like we use today. There, there are things that was like a random brainstorming idea. Like, Hey, what if we were to do this? Could we do it? Could we make that work? And you know, what would, what would life be like? And now it's actually a thing that we use daily. Right. Yep. Yeah. There's no doubt. The only time that you're productive is not the time that you're sitting behind a keyboard. So, um, one of the, one of the other things we have on here that is kind of crucial for working remotely, I think is favor shorter milestones, uh, shorter deliverables, right? Because you get more instant feedback. You can, you can turn the ship quicker if you need to, right? If you have these super long project milestones and everybody's working remote, it's not as easy to get together and see that things aren't going the way that you need them to. Joe, you got a smile on your face. I just looked at how long we've been recording already. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, man. Yeah. I thought this was going to be a short one. It is. No. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And just like encoding yeah, shorter feedback cycles that uh, helps people uh, get results and helps you kind of uh, see when something starts to blow out. Uh, we're really big fan of the term fail fast uh, for like a breakaway project that we can kind of go after and try to, to either succeed or fail quickly. <laughs> and so we know that something's not going to work and we can just go ahead and ditch it. Um, That's actually something I like a lot, by the way, that when we sort of adopted that term of fail fast, Instead of, no, let's not do that. It was, yo, let's get in there and see what it is. If it if it looks like it's going well, then, hey, it's no longer you're going to fail fast. It's, hey, let's turn this into a mission, right? So I, I really like that adoption of spend some time, see if it works. If it doesn't, move on, right? Yeah, I think working from home fits really well with kind of the whole like agile idea, sprints, um, you know, scrum, all like all those things kind of all work together because they're all about that fast feedback. And so you don't just go off in some weird hole and come back together three months later, like, okay, let's put the pieces together. What do you mean you didn't finish? You know, like you got to find that stuff out faster. But I think that's just a better way to work if at all possible anyway. So, yeah. Uh, small um, increments. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, the 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 key on this one that he was about to say is working in small increments is if you have a task that's going to be longer than two weeks, then you probably need to break it down a little bit further, right? Um, define what it is you're trying to accomplish. And then, you know, that way you don't have just these massive long projects. And again, visibility is key. Man, I hate this next one. I hate it with a passion, but I tend to somewhat agree with it. I mean, uh, it's so hard. <laughs> it is. It's impossible. So it's basically estimate your work items, right? We've talked about this in the past. All three of us hate estimating work yeah. because you're always wrong. It doesn't matter what you do. You it's, put in, you put in, it'll take two days. It'll take you one hour. You put in guess. one hour, it's going to take you five days. Like you cannot win this game, but it is important to be able to see uh, at least roughly how much time do you think you have in front of you to get certain things done, right? It's just a guess. It is it, an educated guess, mostly, but a guess. Yeah. So. Uh, so allowing and encouraging people to work in groups and teams, I think that's really important and really good. It helps everyone stay connected and uh, you get a lot of uh, ideas and a lot of frustration out of it. And good frustration. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was going to say. Wait I'm talking about the, the kind of pressure and that uh, makes diamonds uh, <laughs> like sandpaper and wood, right? <laughs> 
So yeah, this can be a source of frustration when you get up uh, like wildly different ideas kind of coming together and uh, taking different tacks on things. And sometimes it can be frustrating to be going down a path and have someone come in and say, what if we did things completely differently? And especially if it's something that you already can kind of consider, but um, you know, that's, it's worth talking about that stuff. And sometimes as you find yourself explaining why you didn't do something, you realize maybe those reasons actually have gone away and maybe that actually is still on the table. Yeah. Those are, those are hard conversations. Yep. Then you got the brainstorming sessions. I mean, we probably, I say all three of us are involved in those uh, frequently. They can be good. They can also be frustrating. Um, Many scrums that are feature or project based. This is one that I think all three of us sort of adopt where if we're working on some sort of special mission, we'll just set up quick, hopefully calls to, to get like touch points, right? Like, Hey, where are we? Anybody have anything that they're currently, you know, waiting for somebody else to get done or, you know, just, just a quick status. It shouldn't be super long. I'm less a fan of general scrums. I, I like it to be more targeted. Right. If it's tar- like these, these project based ones, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, because it's so easy to tune out on the larger ones where, you know, people that you aren't working with that aren't working in the same, you know, use case or function or whatever that you're working on. It's so easy. Like when they're as, as those members are given their status to just tune them out. And then that's when you're like, okay, let me turn off my camera and go back to work. <laughs> and that's when outlaw forgets to mute and you hear his mechanical keyboard clacking away in the back. Now what are we having for dinner? Yeah. Okay. I'll be out there. Yeah, I never thought to turn off like my camera while I was working. That's a great idea. I'm going to be turning off the camera a lot more. <laughs> uh, I like um, I don't like when there's a scrum, and this happens with a lot when there's a lot of people. Like you'll have a scrum, and then like one subject will like just dominate. So like someone will go like 45 seconds, 45 seconds, 45 seconds. Someone will jump in and say, well, "Like wait, haven't we thought about?" And I see that's like 45 minutes down some rabbit hole, and like everyone else who's not involved is just like. Well, there goes my afternoon. There goes my 45 minutes. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's not a scrum. <clears throat> and then the last thing we have here is pair programming. Encourage people to do it, right? If you're trying to onboard somebody into a new technology, a new area of your code, whatever, it can be super helpful, but you better use the right screen sharing application. <laughs> Zoom. So, <laughs> you know, in all seriousness, like it's, it's super important, but it can be a really effective tool. I know Joe Zach, you do it quite a bit. I've, I've done it a few times. It, it can be really helpful. Yup. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hey, just backtracking one moment though. Cause ever since you talked about these still series artist sevens, I've been kind of like obsessed, like looking into it in the background here. Um, <laughs> did you know? We've actually talked about these before. Did you know that? No. Because you of all people should. It was on your developer shopping spree in episode 93. Oh man, that's been a while back. So the point okay. is, the point is, is you're consistent. <laughs> I that's am. the takeaway. Yes. I, I, I try to offer good advice. <laughs> oh, by the way, guys, so... I think, I think one of our friends shared this with, with me the other day and it's awesome. There is a page and we might even put it in the show notes here where P 
people are learning things about their significant others that they didn't know because they've never <laughs> been stuck at home with them, right? And there are some really funny comments like, I totally didn't know that my wife was that. We'll circle back to this person, right? Or I didn't know that, <laughs> that my husband was this take charge person at work. When at home, I can't get him to make a decision. Like, uh, yeah, so it's some really funny stuff uh, in that particular article. Oh, well, I want to see that. Yeah, it's 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 right there at the end of what we just ended on the show notes there. I'll, I'll drop that down in the resources we like. Today's episode of Coding Blocks is sponsored by Datadog the monitoring platform for cloud-scale infrastructure and applications. Datadog provides customizable dashboards, log management, and machine learning-based alerts in one fully integrated platform so you can seamlessly navigate, pinpoint, and resolve performance issues in context. Monitor all your databases, cloud services, containers, and serverless functions in one place with Datadog's 400 or more vendor-backed integrations. If an outage occurs, Datadog provides seamless navigation between your logs, infrastructure metrics, and application traces in just a few clicks to minimize downtime. Try it yourself today by starting a free 14-day trial and receive a Datadog t-shirt after installing the agent. And if you're interested in that uh, Datadog purple awesome t-shirt, you can visit datadoghq.com slash cuttingblocks to see how you can enhance visibility into your stack with Datadog. Once again, that was datadoghq.com slash coding blocks. Hey, how's it going? Uh, Joe here. Wanted it's going to ask good. You How are you? Thank you. To please consider leaving us a review if you haven't already, because uh, it really, uh, it really helps us out a lot. Uh, so if you go to codingblocks.net slash review, we try to make it easy for you. And uh, we know it's a little uncomfortable, but we promise you that it's worth it. Uh, fingers crossed. No, they're not. Just kidding. Uh, but yeah, if you could leave a review, that'd be great. And with that, we head into my favorite portion of the show. Survey says. All right. So uh, back in episode 124, we asked the survey that everybody's dying to know the answer to, because I know I am. Which keyboard do you use? And your choices are code keyboard. DOS keyboard, Ergodox, Kinesis Advantage, Kinesis Freestyle, Apple Magic Keyboard, Apple Aluminum Wired Keyboard, Microsoft Sculpt Ergonomic Keyboard, Microsoft Surface Keyboard, or the Ultimate Hacking Keyboard, or some other mechanical keyboard, or some other chiclet keyboard, or the other, the other, other keyboard. And your last choice is the one that came with my laptop. Because ain't nobody got time for carrying around fancy keyboards. All right. So, all of those great keyboard choices. And, you know, we kind of have a love affair with keyboards. I don't know if you have noticed this. But if you go back and look at, like, our developer tips or uh, uh, not tips, but uh, shopping sprees and developer gear, like, there's always at least a keyboard recommendation on there, it seems like. So... Yeah, we have some opinions about keyboards. So what do you think? Let's start with uh, Alan. I'll let you go first. What do you think the uh, most popular answer was with a percentage? What keyboard do you use? I So I'm going to go with this only 
because I think that's what it's going to be, not because that's what I would agree with. But the one that came with my laptop, because ain't nobody got time for carrying around fancy keyboards, I'm going to say 24%, and it's going to hurt me if I'm right. The which one? Wait, which one did you say? The last one, the one that came with my laptop. Oh, the one that came with my laptop, 24%. Okay, sorry. All right, and I actually know the answer because uh, I talked to um, Mad Viking God and uh, my soulmate from Australia, uh, Michael Tippett, uh, on what the appropriate answer and percentages should be. So I took their two answers, combined them, and so I can tell you without a doubt that the true answer mm-hmm. to this is Appreciate the Ergodox okay. with 111%. 111%. I like it. I like it. I don't know why you're laughing. Well, whatever. Uh, like it, it. By the way, I'm probably going to buy one of those, but go ahead. The Ergodox and um, somehow more people than voted, voted. Yep. Uh, and and we got to 111% Ergodox. It's the right. It's the true answer. I don't know if that's what people select. You know, I mean, okay. So before we get into this answer, one, I'm a little opinionated here because uh, I love my DOS keyboard. Like that, that it, it's just, it's everything I would need it to be. It's everything I want it to be. It's awesome. I love that keyboard. I see Alan shaking his head. That's only because he hasn't, you know, experienced the the magical love affair that is the DOS. It needs to be Ergo. I, if, if they made an Ergo, then I'd care, but I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that just says a weakness about you that, you know, <laughs> your old frail body can't handle anything but uh, ergo, uh, ergo keyboard. That. Yeah. <laughs> See. Meanwhile. Then you got Joe Zach who's had cuts on both his hands to uh, take care of that kind of stuff. So, you know. Yeah. But yet you don't use an ergon- uh, ergonomic keyboard, do you? I use yeah. the split. Yeah. The sculpt. Oh, you do? Sculpt. Oh, okay. Yep. We both We're about to get a third one. Yep. A third one? You want you you need to be a how do you type on the, the two already is one question and now you need a third <laughs> one. Like <laughs> it's funny you mentioned I actually I busted the, the mouse on one of them. So I like use the keyboard from one set and the mouse from another set and mm-hmm. this uh the second set is wearing out now, so I'm about to go get a third. Hey, you should look at the Logitech K eight sixty also if you haven't. It's a Ugh. it's a, no no, I think you'll like it. Mm. All right, Just I'll look. Is it, does it have a wired mouse? Because I would love a wired mouse. Uh, oh, I'm sure it's not. I think it does, but no, no. That so this is just the keyboard. But look up the K860. All right, sorry. I mean, I, I've got my my mouse recommendation, which has forever been the uh, the Razer Death Adder. I, I love that mouse, and it's wired. Um, okay, we'll leave we'll leave mouse for a future survey. Uh, but I've definitely already tainted the. Uh, the population there with what the correct answer is on that. <laughs> um, all right. So Alan says it's the keyboard that came with his laptop at 24%. And Joe says <clears throat> that mathematically it makes sense that it would be their ErgoDox at 111%. I revealed the truth. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And uh, it should come as no surprise when I say that's the person who got the correct answer is obviously going to be Alan. (laughs) 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 Yeah. 
Yeah, of course. No, I'm going to get a drink. Like we're we're all lazy, so of course it was it was going to be the uh, the one that came with the laptop. I mean that you know it makes sense. A lot of people would What's pick that the one. Percentage there. I'm, I'm kidding, Alan. You did not get it right. Oh, cool. You were wrong. But so it's mechanical keyboards. It, it was a mechanical keyboard. It was not the Ergodox, so technically neither one of you got it. But uh, it was other mechanical keyboard for the win. Okay. okay. So wow. So um, you know, I, I'm I'm interpreting that as if you have like uh, some random Corsair uh, mechanical mm-hmm. keyboard, or you know, your favorite steampunk mechanical keyboard, or you know, something other than one of the ones that we listed. But um, yeah, because I think even uh, it was thirty two percent of the vote. That's pretty high. That's yeah. good. What was number two? Number two was the one that came with my laptop, but uh, <laughs> you overshot it because it was 18%. Okay. So, and then it's just going to go down from there. So, uh, Ergodox was, you know, not so great. DOS did That's beat expensive. it. DOS, DOS, I just, you know, had to point that out. You know, I'm not trying to rub it in, um, <laughs> but it, I mean, it won it, for a good reason. Look, dude, the Ergodox pushes 350 if you want it, right? Like, it, it, it's yeah, not that's cheap. It's not a cheap. The same one. thing with the Kinesis Advantage, too, and all that. And now, Alan. It's not cheap. You, it will set you free. Alan, you will be happy to know that. Fake news. Other, the other, other keyboard <laughs> did come in a fourth place finish. So. That's amazing. Um, I have no idea what kind of keyboard that's supposed to be because I thought that my list was already pretty exhaustive. Uh, Uh, So if it's not a chiclet and it's not a mechanical keyboard, I guess, I think we said other, the other, other keyboard would be things like that whisper quiet Dell keyboard that came with your Dell or, you know, your IBM or something like that, I think is what we said, but complete um, trash. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I was surprised though. I was surprised that the code keyboard, um, you know, came in where it did. It, it came in below the Ergodox, which wow. was surprising to me. Uh, your Sculpt or Ergonomic that was third. It's dude. The Sculpt is it. So here's one thing that somebody in Slack actually brought up: if you have long fingernails, chiclet keyboards don't work. And as somebody that doesn't have long fingernails, I never thought about it, but I have noticed anytime that my fingernails get to a point where they need to be cut, it is actually more annoying to type on a chiclet keyboard. And it's just not something that ever really struck me. But as soon as she said it, I was like, I'll be doggone. That's absolutely legit. So, okay, it's going to, I'm sorry, what I, I, I didn't, I thought you were done. I'm sorry. No, that's good. I, I, um, it's going to be surprising, but I have an opinion about this. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> so, okay. So here's the thing. So I do grow out the fingernails on one hand, uh, for guitar playing. Right. And I don't care what type of keyboard I'm typing on. It's annoying. Hmm. Like anytime it's like, you know, like if, if when I do cut them or, you know, like if I break it or something like that, then it's like, Oh yeah. Okay. Now I can type fine, (laughs) you know, but because it does feel like, I don't care what the type of keyboard is. It feels more comfortable, but like, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it does it. I love it when they're, when they're just long enough to play. Cause then, then you did, there's definitely a sound difference when playing guitar, uh, when, when your nails are grown out a little bit better, 
but it is annoying from typing. So, yeah, but it I've doesn't, thought about it doesn't matter it, but, if it's mechanical or not. And when you see people that have like really long fingernails and, and they're typing and they have to like type, like they have to, they're, with the, sideways well they had to keep like their fingers like really flat on the keyboard in order to type with the bottom of their finger and it's like how that's so because i'm usually with the tip of my fingers type right same so yep yeah cool all right well for today's survey uh given the topic of working from home and trying to not lose your mind and also be productive I'm asking, we thought we'd ask, like, hey, what's your preferred method to increase your productivity? So your choices are code to music in the background. <laughs> Is that freedom rock? We'll turn it up, man. <laughs> Do you guys remember those commercials? No. <laughs> no? I like it, though. Oh, man. I probably just aged myself. <laughs> um Absolute silence, except for that annoying buzz coming from my UPS and my monitor and LEDs or Netflix and code. That's a thing, right? (laughs) Or treadmill or bike desk tone, my brain and my glutes or Pomodoro. I live my life one quarter hour at a time. Or pajamas all day long. Executive loungewear. Thank you very much. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Or take a break. Go for a walk. Eat lunch. Anything to reboot. So I think this one will be multiple choice too. We'll do this as a multiple choice one. Okay. I think it makes sense. I think it makes sense. Yep. This episode is sponsored by the University of California, Irvine Division of Continuing Education. Python is one of the fastest growing programming languages, and UCI's Python Programming Certificate Program will prepare students for opportunities in web development, data analytics, core software development, and a wide range of scientific and mathematical applications. Students will learn programming concepts including programming styles, idioms, libraries, data structures, data retrieval, processing, visualization, networked application program interfaces, and databases. UCI certificates in data science, predictive analytics, machine learning will prepare students to gain the necessary skills to land a job in data science. Additionally, those interested in predictive analytics and machine learning will learn to improve and optimize business performance. If you're looking to become competitive in the global marketplace, advance your career, or start a new one, UCI has the resources to support you on your new path. Spring registration is now open. Visit ce.uci.edu slash coding blocks. That's ce.uci.edu slash coding blocks to learn more and reserve your seat. Again, that's ce.uci.edu slash coding blocks and reserve your seat today. And so now let's talk about conference etiquette. And you know, by conference etiquette, we don't mean like the conferences you go to, but the conference calls that you're going to be on, which, uh, you know, should, what was that? Used to go to. Oh uh, yeah. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, these are the video conferences that you're going to have your camera on. Right. I mean, that, that, that should be etiquette. Number one, 
is camera on. I don't know. Are you seeing a pattern in my opinion on this? What if there is more than 10 people? Yes, camera on. Camera on. I don't I care don't if there's a somebody asks you on. to turn them off for, you know, yes. bandwidth problems. It, on. Always on. Yes. Just always. Nope. Nope. Yeah. I, I don't care what the number of people are on the, on the call. If, unless it's a problem, I think the camera should be on personally. Um, but your default, uh, a mode of operation should also be to mute. You know, if you're not talking mute. Yes. And And if there's more than how many people mute zero, um, I mean, unless it's just you and one other person, you know, mute, if you're not talking, it's kind of like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I see where you're going with that because it can be tedious depending on, uh, you know, for really small groups. If it's you and like two or three other people, you could be tempted to not do it, but. Just and practice. Just practice it. I don't need to hear practice. you slurp your soda. I, I got to say, this is another place where Zoom absolutely wins. If you are on a Zoom call on your phone, they have a mode where you can be on a screen like if you're driving, especially is what it's for. If you're, you know, on the move, there's a screen that's like tap when you want to talk. So you hold down the button when you want to talk and you let go of it when you're done talking. Like that's just yeah, genius. Telling it's you, beautiful. Zoom don't change a thing. Man, so good. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, in this one. This one's so key. When you get on a call with several people. Ask, can everybody hear me okay? <laughs> like it, it's so simple. And if WebEx still uh, I, I'm gonna hate on it a little bit more for whatever reason, what Outlaw said where it'll revert his settings, sometimes it'll decide to turn auto gain on and somebody'll start talking and blow your eardrums out. But then it'll come back down to, to earth, and then it'll be another thirty seconds before they say something, and then the next time they do, then it's like a, a kick drum going off in your ear, and it's like, man, yeah, come on, your ears. Are so bleeding. do a mic check, right? Yeah, I was gonna say that, like, um, one uh, thing that I really like, like, you can do this with Zoom, and I don't, know, I don't believe you can do it with uh, WebEx that I recall, but I, I love the ability, like, when you create the the invite that you can actually say like, Hey, by default participant video is on participants are muted when they join. Yep. And then that way they have to explicitly unmute to talk. Like, you know, they don't, you know, get caught off guard right away, you know, but their video is on. Cause you know, that's my pet peeve. (laughs) Do you remember Um, being nervous when you first started doing teleconferencing? Nervous? No. I don't think I. I don't think I was either. I don't know. I do know, like, whenever p- kind of new people would join the team, it's like the first day they would wear a polo, and like by day four, it's like <laughs> underwear on their head. You yeah, know? Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. Nobody cares after a minute. Yeah. Um, the the next one too, though, that's pretty good is if you're presenting. Hey, can you see my screen? Because if you're like us and you have multiple monitors. They might be able to see a screen, but they not may not be seeing the one that you thought they should see. And here's another little pro tip, because what Joe Zach mentioned earlier about, you know, he might be in a meeting and he doesn't want messages coming up. Well, a lot of times you'll get notifications and some of those notifications you may not want everybody to see. So instead of sharing your entire screen, 
share the window that you plan on showing. I know that can be annoying sometimes, especially if you're going to be bouncing back and forth between things. But, you know, if you're showing Visual Studio Code, choose to show Visual Studio Code and not the rest of your screen. And the other day I, I um did the I scripted a joke for Scrum because I thought it was so funny. I didn't want to forget it. And then someone later when I shared my screen, it was up on a sticky note and they saw that not only had I scripted this bad joke, but it was like part of like <laughs> so I said, yeah, that I planned to give it and so it was embarrassing. It was premeditated. I mean, I feel yeah, pre- premeditated bad joke. I feel like this would be a great opportunity to uh, go back to the tip from um, episode 125 that Joe gave, where you can use muzzle to automatically uh, hide those notifications that are going to come up if you're on a Mac. But uh, the site's awesome anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because because you can. You just share the specific application instead of the whole screen, like you said. And, you know, and sometimes that's better anyways, because, you know, depending on it, it does help to know your audience, because depending on the the monitor that your audience is using, uh, you know, they might not be able to read your 55 inch 4K screen that you're coming from. So you don't want to share the whole screen, the whole desktop. So it might be better if you were to like go ahead and scale that down to like a 1080p screen. And then just set, just share that one application. I'm not, you know, referring to anyone in particular. I that that I know it sounded like a rather specific uh, example, but it it was truly just off the cuff, off the top of my head. Samsung model, blah. You know, anybody that's doing that, yeah, you know. yeah. <laughs> Definitely no one on this call whose name is Mike or Joe. Oh man. <laughs> I like uh, to, uh, we got tip here. I'll give others uh, an opportunity to talk. And if someone hasn't said anything in a while, I've been kind of quiet. It's good to kind of mention and ask for the feedback. And I know this is something Alan's really good at. And I'm really bad at like, I get really flustered when I try to break in and it's a heated conversation and I feel rude stepping over people. And then it's, you know, it's, it's hard to get in there. And so you end up kind of saving your comments. And then Alan will say like, Joe, you've been quiet for a while. I got anything. I'm like, yes, three things. <laughs> but, but part of that is I'm not afraid to be like, Hey, somebody, I'm passionate about this. I'm going to say what's on my mind. But yeah, you, you kind of do have to be willing to nudge in, which is, that's why the video is so important though, right? Because if I see that Joe's about to say something, I'll be quiet. If I see that Outlaw's about to say something, I'll be quiet, right? And you miss a lot of opportunity to let other people talk if you don't share your video because you don't see those things happen. Yeah. I mean, it's, I know speaking from my own experience, like some, there are times where like, I'll try to, uh, like nudge in when I can. And depending on like how, uh, you know, depending on what I think the urgency is of what I'm trying to say is like, there'll be times where it's like, if I try just because of the latency involved in the network activity or whatever, you know, you don't, you don't necessarily mean to over talk somebody or, you know, as they are also trying to butt in, but you know, sometimes it happens. And so there'll be times where it's just like, Oh, forget it. It's not even worth saying, you know, and if it truly is worth saying, then I'll, I'll just, you know, keep waiting until I do get my opportunity. But Hey, related to that though, here's a pro tip that we haven't mentioned yet. And that is, uh, and this is another reason why something like Hangouts is not – this is where like Hangouts comes falls apart in my mind 
is that most of the most of the teleconferencing type applications the default is going to be like hey whoever speaking is going to be front and center on the screen like you're going to see them you know their face in, in the big area and you might see like a couple of thumbnails of some of the other people if at all depending on the application but a lot of them will have like a gallery type view where you can see all participants at one time and at you know on an equal size uh, amount of real estate on your monitor right and t- for me i love that view in every one of the applications because then if you're not talking then you're never going to show up in that screen in that default speaker view. But if I'm watching gallery view, then I can see like, Oh, Hey, uh, you know, Alan or Joe might want to say something and they're just patiently waiting. And, and, you know, sometimes they might even like, I know I'll do this. I'll like literally, I just put my hand up, you know, kind of like as an indication, like, Hey, you know, if it gets around to me, I've got something to say. And and those are the kind of like nonverbal cues that you can see because the camera's on and you put it into the gallery view. Now hangouts, and this is why I say where hangouts falls apart. Once you get beyond four people in the call, then hangouts will be like, no, I'm only going to show you like whoever's speaking in the large view. And I'm going to show you a few thumbnails and that's it. Right. Yep. You can't change it to go up to 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 or any of that. Like I'll at least give WebEx credit in that realm, right? Like you can, you can get a bunch of people on screen. Same thing with zoom. Um, hangouts got some catching up to do. Yeah. yeah Zoom's got a raise hand flag, uh, that I, a button you can push. I like a lot. I like the idea of being like, whenever people want to hop in, like instead of everyone trying to talk over each other or like waiting until for a quiet moment to hop in there, like the idea of kind of like raising your hand and saying like, mm, I've got a medium. And then kind of, I don't know, being a little bit more orderly. I do feel bad sometimes when like we've been a remote team for so long and every once in a while we'll get on a, a call with like a third party or something who's not kind of used to our culture. And here we are, like these hardened veterans used to like zoom in all day long and we've got other people. And I, I just, I don't know if sometimes I worry that maybe they're just getting trounced by our like aggressive speak over style. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, step up to the plate, people. Yeah, you get on a call with the, with the the guys from Coding Blocks. Prepare to get bounced. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're not that bad. <laughs> well, maybe sometimes. Well. Uh, so next up is use a tool to help you focus. Um, eh, whatever. It's easy to get distracted <laughs> by any number of things. I mean. Come on. <laughs> I mean, it's only <laughs> it's only the center of our our survey for this episode. And you're like, ah, whatever. <laughs> no, no, no. There's a difference between being productive and something to help you stay focused. Like, come on, man. Like, if you're working on an interesting problem, I would venture to stay, say that you'll be focused, right? If you're working on something that's boring... Yeah, it's hard to focus, but there's nothing on this planet that's going to make me go, oh, yeah, that'll make me focus better. You know, it's it's not that, but it's but no, no, no. I I, I mean, come on, man. We've (laughs) we've both been there. It doesn't matter. I mean, sure, if it's interesting, then that's definitely going to help. But it could still be, you know, boring or, uh, you know, just chopping wood kind of style. But if you have something that's just going to, like, help you zone out and to where, like, Whatever that task is, that's all you're going to focus on. It can totally help you, right? 
Okay, that's fair. Noise canceling headphones kind of do that for me. They they like block out the world. So yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's a tool. But I, I guess I was thinking like the Pomodoro thing. Eh, whatever. Get out of here with that. I mean, so I really liked. Um, I experimented with Pomodoro a little bit for studying type things. Like if I was going for like um, like I just got the GCP certification. Like I would do things like set timer for an hour because it would be things I just didn't want to do. I was like, fine, Joe, just do this for one hour. Just focus on that, and then you could play a video game or whatever. You know, I negotiate with myself. And so what I would find usually is by the time that thing was buzzing, like I would be into it, and so it was kind of a a way of uh, gaming, gamifying myself because I don't have discipline, I guess. <laughs> this, it was a way of encouraging uh, discipline that I was lacking <laughs> at certain times. I, I mean, you, you brought up the uh, the noise-canceling headphones. I think we've talked about this before in the past where, like, um, you know, I mean, this was more in the office environment, but there would be times where, like, I had noise-canceling headphones that, yeah, I was wearing them. I wasn't necessarily listening to anything. <laughs> I just wanted to block out the rest of the world. Yeah. Same, same. Like, I'll do that. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess there's some stuff to this. I guess this goes back to the whole self-help things. Like, I just cannot stand most of that stuff anyways. I don't I don't know why. I mean, I, I assume that we, we could all probably benefit from self-help books and whatever else. But I don't know, man. Like, I'm always more focused on results than... But than, no, man, come on. That's not fair. I've we've all seen you for years now you always have headphones plugged into your ears your music is usually you know you were always had this is this guy that would have a, a dedicated amplifier on his desk at work <laughs> this is when we would like go into an office he would have an amplifier on his desk and then and then uh not a mixer but like an eq and everything like he was set up so that he could l- have the most amazing sound quality from his phone. <laughs> right? So don't tell me that you don't like have your way of like increasing your productivity. You would jam out while you're while you're writing code. Uh, yeah, I mean I guess. I don't know. I, I guess when I think about tools to help me focus though, I'm thinking like Pomodoro Pomodoro or, or things like that. Like uh, I don't I don't need that. Give me give me an interesting problem, right? Like that's focus. Right. If I'm doing something boring, then it, it doesn't matter. Like five minutes in, my eyes are droopy. You know, I'm yawning. I'm drooling on myself. Like it's it's more about the problem, the challenge, whatever it is I'm working on. Well, I mean, sometimes, you know, it's not. Yeah, it's not about staying awake. Sometimes it's just about like, hey, I, I can't be distracted by everything else that's going on around me. And, you know, it's easy to have you know, some music on and just forget about it. Right. Because like. You know, the thing that for me, and I know that, uh, you know, we're going to have an article about like how that's not necessarily for everyone, but, um, you know, it, it's easy, like m- music especially is one of those things where you don't even necessarily have to have it up loud. If it's music that you know, that you already know, you'd be surprised just how quiet you could set that volume to. And in your mind, you can still follow along the song, right? Because you know it. Right. Like you only need to hear, you just need to barely be able to hear a couple, uh, bars of it. And you're like, yeah, I know where it's going next, you know, and whatever. And, and it can be enough to like just keep you distracted from the things around you to where you could focus in on what you're doing. That is true. That, that's absolutely true. All right. So I guess I'm not going to poo poo on this as much as I know. There you was. go. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> how about we go to the choosing the right desktop sharing tool? Which, covered that one. 
I think yeah, so. Zoom. Yeah. We can move on. Yeah. <laughs> we all agree. It's Zoom. All right. So let's move on to develop a routine. Disagree. Oh. Same. Really? Come on. Yeah. No. Freaking routines. No. Okay. I got to hear your reasons because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell you why you're wrong as soon as you tell me why you think you're right. No, you just tell me why you're right with your routines and I'll tell you why you're wrong. No, no, no. No, no, no. Because <laughs> I'm going to prove to you why you have a routine. Go. Let's hear it. Um, I do not get up and start work roughly at the same time. I don't either. Yeah. I got nothing for it. Like some mornings, some mornings I want to listen to an audio book before I get rolling just to kind of give me some entertainment for the day before it gets rolling. Some mornings I'll listen to podcasts. Some mornings I will watch a Udemy course. Some mornings I'll be reading about things. Some mornings I'll make my own breakfast. I do not follow routines. The only thing that I routinely do is get in my vehicle and drive around mindlessly for a little while. So there's part of your routine. And then the other part of your routine that I heard was that you make a point to every morning, you make some time for you, whether that's taking a course, reading a book, listening to an audio book, listening to a podcast. Every time you take that, your routine is you make some time for yourself in the morning. That's your routine, man. (laughs) I mean, I guess you could say that, but my routine is also to eat lunch and dinner. Like, I, I don't count that as a routine. That's survival. Routine is I get up, I brush my teeth, I go do this, I go do this, I go do this, right? Like, that's not my routine. My routine is I'm going to do whatever I feel like in the morning before I get rolling, right? And that's – I don't know if you call that a routine. It's not like – like, I, I get what you're saying, but but usually when I think of a routine, like, that's – Somebody who gets up at five o'clock in the morning, goes, hits the gym for an hour, comes back, eats a small breakfast bar, and then goes to work. Like that to me is a routine. That's a routine. A, an example. Sure. I'll give you that. I'll agree. I think so, it's, you know, maybe good to have a routine, if, but I, I think some people, it, it's good for them to kind of have that rigor and they, they do well with it. But like, just like you said, Alan, like for me, like I definitely, there's times I always wake up early, but sometimes I, I'll play a video game for an hour. Sometimes I'll do Udemy course. Sometimes I'll, I'll get programming early. If I had a 12 hour day the day before, like I'm probably not <laughs> going to be waking up and getting right back to programming. That's the day when I'm probably going to make breakfast or take a long walk with the dogs or whatever. You know what it is for me is I like, I I don't like knowing everything that's going to happen. I like some level of um, spontaneity, spontaneity in my life, right? Like it's, it's one of those things to where if I go to bed and I know that I'm getting up the next morning and just picking up exactly where I left off the previous work day, like that's, I'm like clockwork, man. No way. Say what? I'm not. I'm I like clockwork. There's no question about it. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm up at around the same time. I, uh, you know, I would either take the kids to school when when that was a thing. Uh, but now, you know, there's no more school ever again. Um, <laughs> and and you know, I I go get my breakfast. Uh, and uh, from the place that makes the greatest fries ever, we've already agreed. And, uh, you know, I mean, I order the same thing. They know exactly they, when I, well, I can't even walk in the door anymore, but when I could, they would like, no, they would already have my order ready. They knew exactly what I was going to order (laughs) like clockwork. And I will spend, uh, you know, time reading in the morning. So I usually don't like log on for work. 
like I usually log on for work at around the same time, which is, you know, generally speaking around nine 30. And I don't feel guilty saying that because, you know, I stay on so much later, <laughs> but, uh, you know, yeah, but I'll, I'll spend, you know, 30 to 45 minutes before that time, you know, reading on some subject or, or studying on something, right? Like that, that's pretty common. I can't do that, man. And Joe, it sounds like you're kind of more, you just, you need that non-structure just to make your day not feel like, oh God, I know it's coming up next hour, the next hour, the next hour. Yeah, I just like to be able to focus on whatever I think is most important. Sometimes that's just, you know, having some me time playing a video game or whatever. But uh, a lot of time, like sometimes they may be spending two hours responding to an email, you know, that I got the night before or whatever. I, I do like to say that uh, I do try to uh, finish reading all my email at the end of the day. I hate like leaving for the day with unread emails or unresponded to emails. So I like to do that at the end. And I really hate starting the day by reading emails because it, sometimes they'll just suck you in. And I feel like I get a big productivity burst when it's like quiet and no one else is around. Like if I get it like early start, like, you know, like log in and just start coding and working on something and solve something without getting distracted by emails or whatever, then that's really nice. But don't always, I'm not always able to do that. That's but let's also, let's also, this, this could not be um, stated importantly enough, you know, CIA and all those people are keeping track of everything you do. And if they know your pattern, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> security, national security. Yeah, totally kidding. So I can no, be no, easily uh, faked then. It, it, it's almost like, uh, I don't know, years ago, I'd read something about, hey, when when you take a shower and, and you do everything with your eyes open, if you close your eyes and try and do all the same things, it works different parts of your brain. And and so I'll do random weird things like that just to make things more interesting, right? And, and, and to me, that's what's fun. Like, I, I like the spontaneity. I like the not knowing exactly what's coming, not knowing what I'm going to do. Like, dude, like when I say I drive around randomly in the morning, I'm not kidding. Like, I've probably hit every back road around where I live because it's just like, oh, I'm going to take a turn here. I'll eventually find my way back home. And it's it's just... I don't know. It, it it helps keep things fresh for me. Huh. I always feel like I might find a better way. So check this out a lot. This would probably drive you nuts. But when I'm, I make coffee every morning as soon as I wake up, sometimes I measure the coffee that I put into the thing. Sometimes I just dump it from the can. Sometimes I use a spoon. Sometimes I do half a pot. Sometimes I do, you know, this. Sometimes I use filter water. Sometimes I don't. Like there, uh, there's very little pattern to how I make coffee. And I've been doing it for many, many years. Okay. Of the so, same way. So since it's like, what if I accidentally find the perfect combination, right? Like yep. you'd never know until you tried those 5,000 other ways. Since, since you're yeah, picking I, I don't even buy the same kind of coffee. Every time I go to the grocery store, like sometimes I'll get the same one six times in a row. And sometimes I'll be like, you know what? I'm going to get the dark, even though I don't like it as much. Me too. I, I swear to you, I'm the same exact way. I know what I like and I like what I like. <laughs> and I have, I actually, there is a a measuring uh not a spoon but like a measuring cup I guess that that came with the the um coffee canister that I have and that's what I use to scoop every time when I make the coffee I'm making the exact same amount and I'm using the same scoop to measure I also have a separate uh measuring uh spoon for uh, the coffee creamer, so I can put in a measured amount of the coffee creamer, uh, you know. But 
But a lot of this, though, I mean, this is way off the topic of the routine part, but more just about like, you know, diet and and like because even the foods that I'm going to eat, I I will like, you know, have a measured amount of of what I'm going to eat in an effort to try to like because otherwise, like my 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 default reaction is well, like I want to eat all the things, like I Every, just yeah, all of yeah, it. like whatever. Yeah. If you're putting it in front of me, I'm just gonna be like, oh, I I need that in my face, and so <laughs> <laughs> you know. But so I have to like you know uh, give myself some kind of restraint, so I like will measure it. Uh, like so funny. hey, by the way, both of you guys need to buy the AeroPress if you like coffee. You should try it. So yeah, Carl, Carl Schweitzer from uh, MS Dev Show is actually the one who turned me on to it. It's nice. amazing. It's amazing. So, all right. So let's, let's carry on here. And we only have a few more before we, <laughs> yes, yeah, so before we make this a five hour show. Yeah. Um, so one that's key here would be, you know, to have a dedicated workspace and, and when the notes were put together, I guess, Alan, you said like, if possible, but I don't even think that should be a, if like have a dedicated workspace, like, in order to be able to work, to 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 be effective, to like from working from home, where do you play video games? I mean, in the same place that I would work. <laughs> All right, done. at at my desk. It's not, it's not dedicated. dedicated. <laughs> but no, no, no. That is dedicated, dedicated. You know, Joe room. No, no. I think I think what he says is fair though. That's where he works. That's where he games. That's fine. But I mean, for me. Like, I don't care. I have a laptop. I'll work anywhere in the house, right? Like, I put in some headphones. I you never do that. You, you never do that. If you remember right, there for about a month, I went to Starbucks and worked there every day. Yeah. Because it was just, I needed to be somewhere different. I needed to go to the outside world. We all I, used to be able to do that. I mean, we're talking about now <laughs> in this new world that we live in, you have to work from home. And so in this in this new age, you have to have a dedicated workspace is my point. Yes, I too used to go to uh, work at a Starbucks or, you know, uh, a Chick-fil-A or whatever, you know, but that that that's a part of our past. We just have to look on it fondly and we can't, we got to move on. We can't do that anymore. I, I will say though, the one part of this to where I, you know, being completely honest here, yes, especially when you're taking calls, you need a place to where you can at least take a call and not be, you know, not sound like there's there's um, some sort of circus going on in the same room. So, yeah, you, you need to have something set up, even if you got to go shut yourself in a closet, right? So, you know, whatever. I'm just suddenly reminded of like seeing little ones climb on stuff in the background and flinging diapers around. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my friends have seen my kids grow up from <laughs> from every good and bad angle there is. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. The next thing that we have on the list here, and I completely agree with this, is make sure you stop at some point, right? Like I mentioned it earlier, you gotta have a cutoff time. You can't sit at your computer all day, every day. At some point, it will wear you down. So you need to make sure that you are caring for yourself personally, mentally, as you go through this. This next one's great. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I should say this one since I'm the one that measures my food. Uh, <laughs> but, it, uh, you know, avoid overeating and going to the pantry all the time. And, you know, I mean, the kitchen is close, but, you know... Try to avoid it if you can. 
Yeah. I feel like it's easier to eat healthy at home than it was for me, like going out. Cause man, if there's something on my plate, it's gone. Yeah. You know, I don't, I've definitely eat. eaten healthier since I've been at home. I, I, I have, I struggle with that because I find it easier to like order something and know that it's, con- it's constrained to whatever that, you know, thing is rather than like, oh, okay, you know what? Here's the deal. I'm going to go ahead and make like a week's worth of something. And then I promise <laughs> I'm not going to eat it in one setting. <laughs> I promise that before I have that chance, I'm going to like, and that's why I like, you know, I forced myself to be like, no, 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 let's, let's measure this out. So yeah. it makes sense. It, it definitely does make it a little bit harder when the refrigerator's right there and, and you got a snack closet and all that kind of stuff, right? Like do your best to minimize that because it won't take long and the pounds will add on. You thought that freshman 14 or 15 was real. Yeah. Just get that, that wait, work from home 15. Wait till you get the senior 50. <laughs> Seriously, it happens quick. Oh man. I like this next one too. Get out of the house, right? Like run an errand. Yeah. Yeah. We can't it do was legal. Anymore. Oh, you can still do it. Just don't breathe the air around you. Yeah, be fine. Just don't get caught. <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. get caught. You better have a, you better have a hall pass. Yeah, and no, I'm a big fan of this on, you know, and this goes kind of goes back to my undisciplined approach on life. Uh, you know, I don't try to say like break time two hours after I start, take 15 minutes or like, so, you know, you have meetings, whatever, you have other stuff that's important. I don't want to stop in the middle of being productive just to go, whatever. So sometimes that ends up with me taking uh, a walk at 4.15 in the afternoon and I don't tell anybody. You know, I don't update my status explicitly. Hopefully it gets set when the computer goes to sleep or I lock the screen, whatever. But, uh, yeah, I, I just think that's important. I think it's good to, to just, you know, take a break every once in a while. And I, especially it's kind of cool to walk around your neighborhood. Like, I feel like I really know my neighborhood well. Like, I, I know <laughs> who drives what cars, who drives too fast, like whose yard's a mess, whatever. Because I'm walking around the neighborhood all the time like a weirdo. I mean, for, awesome. for me, it was going out for a ride, you know, like take go out on go out for a mountain bike ride or something like that. Like that, that was the thing for me. Um, unfortunately they've closed all the parks now. So, um, you know, uh, I, we're, we're just going to like wait, wait it out, I guess. But yeah, but I, so I guess I'll have to walk, I guess is the point then. Hey, so the other tip is keep your meeting short like this one. You keep mm-hmm. them short. <laughs> have an agenda and stay focused on it. You can see that we rock this one. Yeah. We did. Hey, we actually did stay focused on this. Apparently, there was way more information in here than what we'd remembered. So, whatever. Yeah. Dude, like, I want to try the whole thing. Like, uh, I heard about Amazon doing where basically you would like print out something before the meeting, like, or you have like a written description. Everyone would go read it and then come and stay on, stay on topic. It drives me nuts when meetings are so chaotic by the end of it. You're like, you don't even know what you've talked about. It's like been seven different ideas. You're not even sure which one you decided on. So I, I'm a big fan of structure there, even though I'm not a fan of structure anywhere else. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's, that's a whole nother episode on uh, things I don't like about meetings. Cool. So that, that wraps up this portion of it. We do have several resources to share with you, links from blogs and other things that we'll do. And I did want to point out, Zoom actually has quite a few articles that, you know, because of this whole COVID-19 thing that's going on. They have a bunch of articles to help you within this one post. Also, Slack, we mentioned we love. Teams, Microsoft Teams is actually a really good program. 
Um, that is also a link that we have here. And then I do have the funny tweet thing down at the, at the bottom of this resources thing. So, you know, feel free to go in there and check out this stuff if you didn't get your fill here. And, uh, and, wow. and if you have another one that we don't have listed, make sure to leave that in the comments for a chance to win it. A house. This episode. <laughs> house. Uh, just kidding. Just kidding. Um, uh, the, yeah, we gotta uh, have a dog I think I just started sweating. <laughs> um, All right. Well, with that, we will head into Alan's favorite portion of the show. It's the tip of the week. Yeah, baby. Right, I'm going first, and I've only got one, but it's really good. Uh, learn.unity.com is a great way to uh, learn Unity 3D. So if you've got some time at home and you've been wanting to learn Unity and you want to make some awesome games in uh, C Sharp with an awesome tool, uh, then this is a great way to do it. They've got tons of courses. They're super high quality. They've got a vested interest in you learning Unity. So it's a great way to get started. And uh, so you can go there right now and sign up for uh, three months and uh, just chow down. That's really cool. And this is because of people being stuck. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep. And so uh, for my tip of the week, I got one from Ollie who gave me another Git-related tip. So you can go to the GitHub Learning Lab at lab.github.com and you can uh, take some lessons from GitHub. And so he specifically pointed out the GitHub Actions Continuous Delivery course, but there's all kinds of them in there where like just getting introduced to GitHub Actions. So there's the the uh, you know the 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 canonical hello world reference, but there's an introduction to GitHub. So if you're new to GitHub, there's a course on that. There's uh, <clears throat> learning how to secure your workflows um, in with GitHub. Uh, we'll see what else have we got here. Uh, you know, going from theory to practice, security essentials, managing conflicts and pull requests. So yeah, there's, then they've got courses on languages. So you want to get an introduction into Python, uh, whether it be, you know, beginning level or intermediate level, they've got courses on node and Ruby TensorFlow. If you want to get into machine learning, uh, yeah, so all kinds of great courses there. And then, uh, one correction that, uh, I felt, you know, should be made because um, in the last episode, I, I shared the uh, Git work tree tip that Sid shared with, with us. And I made the mistake in um, my explanation of it is saying like, oh, hey, if you wanted to like create the branch while you're, um, uh, you know, creating that command that you could have it track master and Sid pointed out that what I meant to say is that you're creating the branch based off of master. And so, uh, you know, I was like, oh, yes, that's a great call out. Uh, so I did mess that up. So thank you, Sid, both for the tip and for the correction. And obviously, thank you, Ollie, too, for uh, the great GitHub uh, lab learning uh, tip. Very nice. Well, I almost gave this one to Outlaw for this episode, but then he remembered uh, the one from Ollie. This one's actually really cool. And this came from Nick Craver. It was a tweet that he pushed out. And so think about if you have a build pipeline that gets kicked off whenever you have new commits or something. He actually gave a little tip in his tweet that was just awesome. You can basically force an empty commit. It has no files. It has no actual changes to it. 
But throwing this commit in there with a message will kick off a build pipeline that you might have set up. So if you wanted to do that, it's basically do a dash dash allow empty, uh, dash dash allow dash empty on your git commit message. <clears throat> and I, that will do it. I, I take issue with this one though. So I'm, I'm <laughs> glad I didn't. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you took it and not me so that we could have this conversation because it kind of like, okay, yes, fine. You could do this. This would work. And I'm not going to discredit that. But it kind of smells of like, well, then there's something wrong with your build pipeline. If your only way to kick off your build is by submitting a commit, like that seems like a code smell or in this case, like a DevOps smell or something like, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Maybe. GitOps one day because uh, that whole kind of premise is, is built around you kind of checking in and, and committing and rolling back. So I don't know if that's specifically what he was kind of referring to. Um, but in that case, it's something where you do have this kind of separate repo that you're kind of using in a weird, weird way specifically for, uh, for, uh, deploying and rolling back, but it's separate from your normal code base. But we should, we should do an episode on that one anyway. Was he referring yeah, totally. to GitOps I, though in this? I didn't think he was. He, he didn't mention it. it. He just said if you need to kick a build, but it, I mean, it kind of depends on your environment too, right? Like I know Amazon has their build pipeline locked down hardcore, right? So maybe people don't have access to go just kick off a build using, um, you know, the UI or something like that. So maybe this is a way to sort of force it. I mean, if you have the ability to kick to, to automatically merge in a commit, be it empty or not into the, the branch that's going to, get automatically built and deployed or whatever like that. I mean, how is that better than having the ability to like a button where you could just click a, yeah, do a build. Yeah. Well, no, but I thought that was kind of cool. Didn't know it existed, but you can actually commit basically nothing. <laughs> so that that's uh there's a get tip. Now here's the one that's actually really awesome. And so this comes from our friend, Chris Riley, who showed this to me. So he was putting together some stuff using Docker <clears throat> and he really wanted to be able to do something similar to what I did with the Blazor video that I did on YouTube a while back to where you have your source files sitting on Windows and and you can modify them and then that's linked inside the container through a volume mapping and and any changes you make outside on on the file system, those will get carried over into the container and it'll all work, right? Well, there's a bug in volume mappings in Windows that occasionally acts like the file's not even there. So you could go to cat this file five times in a row, four of the times it'll work, and fifth time it'll be like, nope, file doesn't exist. And it's it's some sort of bug in however the volumes are actually getting mapped into the container. So he had this problem and he's like, man, this is not going to work. Well, he came across Visual Studio Code has a an extension called remote developer or remote develop I think is what it is remote remote development this thing is amazing so you install this extent this extension and it actually installs three other extensions uh, one for SSH one for containers and one for something else I don't remember what it was WSL WSL there you go a Windows subsystem for Linux for those who don't know. But here's the really cool part. So check this out. Let's say that you have files. Let's say it's a Ruby app. So I'd done some Fluent D development, right? And I had done something similar 
to where I was mapping in a directory that had the source code so that I could modify it in Visual Studio Code on my system and be able to see it and run the Ruby app inside Docker, right? You don't have to do that. You can basically click in the bottom left corner, say, hey, I want to open up Visual Studio Code in this container uh, type space. And what will happen is Visual Studio Code will have all the tools that you have installed in Visual Studio Code, but you'll have access to the file system that's inside that container. So you can actually work just like it's installed on your own system inside this container interactively. And if you made changes to it, you could always Docker CP that stuff back out. Now, from what I understand, this also works with SSH. So if you needed to work remotely on some Linux system or some other system that has SSH installed and you want to be able to access the files or whatever over there, you can launch this thing in remote development mode, have access to the file system, use your Visual Studio Code tools that you've already got installed and work with it there. Dude, this is one of those things that kind of changes the game when you start doing things like this. It's pretty amazing. And there's even a little video on the second link there. There's a little video at the bottom of the page that shows you what they're doing with this SSH version of it. So yeah, killer, killer stuff. That's yeah, awesome. I never thought about using uh, using it for a local development like that. It's cool. Yeah, it's basically as if you install Visual Studio Code inside another Linux environment and just go to work or in whatever environment set up, right? Whatever Docker environment you got going. Super duper cool. Yep. So. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I lied because I do have one more tip that I've been sharing. Oh. I was sharing for you. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because this is relevant given uh, everything that's going on. But um, starting this week, so we're you know a couple days late, um, but it is now a thing. This exists in our lives. Metallica Mondays. That's right. 8 p.m. Eastern, Metallica Mondays. Metallica will share a live concert on uh, their YouTube and Facebook page every Monday. So that is now. Isn't that cool? Yes. Right. right? Like, isn't that awesome? So now you can get like, you know, relive some of these great moments. Like it. That's awesome. So, all right. So, uh, you know, we'll have a bunch of resources we like, uh, you know, all these, all these tips and obviously the notes will be available, uh, for this one. And, uh, you know, in case if a friend happened to share this episode with you, uh, you know, through a link or whatever, like if you haven't already, you can find us and subscribe to us on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher or whatever your preferred, uh, podcast platform is. And uh, if you can't find us on that, hey, let us know, and we will correct that. And uh, if you haven't already, like as Joe mentioned earlier, we would love to uh, get a review. Uh, they really do mean a lot to us. So you can find some helpful links at www.codingblocks.net slash review. And I had to say it that way because my lawyers contacted me, and uh, you know they insisted that I not say it in any other fashion. Yep, yep. That's what it, it's about time. So... Uh, yeah, while you're up there at codingblocks.net, check out all our show notes, examples, discussions, and more. 
And uh, send your feedback, questions, rants, and pet pictures to Slack. And make yes. sure to follow us on Twitter at CoadingBlocks or head over to CoadingBlocks.net and find all our social links at the top of the page. 